see. Wake up Springfield on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. The Republican Party. It is terrifying. The hypocrisy is just running rampant. Bunkers. Tonight, is gas rationing the answer? Yep, Wells Fargo. You, do you know what environmental racism is? I'm yes not. Or no? It's unfortunate. They were wrong, and Donald Trump was right. Well, I think your listeners are some of the smartest listeners in America because they have the information that comes across your radio waves. All right, all right, all right. Well, how many lies per sentence do you say? Do you have a quota? Uh, are you a death-on-demand kind of guy, Dave? Can you, can you answer yeah, my question? Yeah, how many lies per sentence? Ooh, scary. This is Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Yes, good morning this morning. Good morning, my people. Good morning all across the land. It is Monday, June 19th, 2023, 5.36 in the a.m. For some of all you all, it's a federal holiday today. Hope you're enjoying that. And if you are, uh, if you do happen to be off, no, it's not the after Father's Day holiday. It's Juneteenth today. I'll get into Juneteenth later in the program. I hope you had a great Father's Day weekend and celebrated with all the dads and fathers and father figures in your life. We had a fantastic, very busy weekend. Ooh, I need, I feel like I need a, feel like I need a weekend to recover from my weekend. We're going to get back at it this morning with all kinds of news, analysis, update you on everything that happened over what's always a wild, wacky weekend. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. I'm Tim Jones, former speaker of your Missouri house, joined, of course, by Cass Bowen, our guest, Poen Anderson. I stand corrected. Our executive producer and Don Luzader, our news director. Tim's top three, part one, two, and three at 6.05, 7.05, and 8.05 this morning, as we always do. And that is a must-not-miss segment. I know you all love it and enjoy it indeed. It's why we have it every single hour. Springfield, Missouri is 61 degrees out the door this morning. So, you know, don't need much of anything out the door. Well, you know, put some clothes on, for God's sake. But, uh, ha! No jacket or rain, or uh, or I was going to say rain umbrella. What other kinds of umbrellas are there? No jacket or umbrella required. 61 degrees and rather nice out the door this morning. We'll get a full weather update and forecast on Monday and the week ahead from Jeff from AccuWeather, who will join us just after our 6.15 break. I know many of you rely on that morning weather update to get you started for the rest of the work week. <clears throat> we'll have all the details at 6.15 and beyond. I know that the... Uh, I know that big chunks of the Show Me State got uh, blessed with some rain um, yesterday and at certain parts over the weekend. A lot of pop-up storms and thunder showers. Welcome relief to some of our kind of moderate drought conditions. So hopefully that took care of some of it. I know on the eastern side of the state, we got drenched yesterday. So uh, 7.15, I'm sorry, 6.35, we'll have Ryan Johnson join us. He wears many hats, Ryan Johnson does. Commissioner of Cass County, just to our northern lands. Also, one of the leads over at Americans for Prosperity in Missouri. He's also a dad. So we'll unpack a little bit of what Dad's Day means to him. And you know what? I'm going to talk about because, because some holidays always fall, I guess, largely. I don't know. Do any holidays always fall on a Saturday? I don't think so. But a lot of holidays always fall on a Sunday. 
Easter, Mother's Day, Father's Day. Those are some that jump to mind. So we don't, we don't have a show, you know, necessarily for those holidays, but I think it's important that we don't just drive right by them and forget about them. We definitely talked about, I remember we definitely talked about Father's Day on Friday, but uh, Ryan Johnson is a, uh, <clears throat> is a dad. So we're going to talk to him about the importance of fatherhood in today's society and how I think stronger, first of all, having a father around and then strong fathers, I think would, would, uh, would remedy a lot of the ills in, in our world. Virginia Cruda, you know, she's very proud of her dad. Virginia always uh, does a little homage every Father's Day. I have to look at her Twitter feed. Her dad, uh, unfortunately, uh, passed away many years ago, but he, um, he had an interesting life. I've learned about him a little bit over the years from Virginia. He was, uh, number one, an incredible long distance runner and he joined the military, but he joined the military like very late in life to the point where I believe that Virginia and her father were in the military at the same time, which is pretty cool. And uh, I know she'll want to talk about her dad this morning. We'll also get you up to speed on everything around the globe as China continues to provocate. Is that a word? Maybe another one I just made up. Continues to provocate the United States of America in many ways. We've had uh, uh, a lot of aggressive actions from China recently, uh, from Chinese ships, from Chinese aircraft, from China wanting to build a spy center 90 miles off of our shore in Cuba, and so many other things as well. Then we're going to bring things back to the home front. Missouri State Senator Bill Eigel joining us at 815. He's a candidate for governor here in the great state of Missouri. We'll talk to Bill about his vision for that. And also, what all is he working on in the legislative interim? <clears throat> so that's the show for this morning. Of course, we'll wrap things up with the all-important, all-necessary, never miss it, the morning dump. At eight, never miss your morning dump at 845. <laughs> 845. Uh, good morning, all y'all. Good morning, Cass. How you doing this morning? Um, I'm doing good. I had a very, very long weekend, but we're rallying and we're here. So we're going to have a good day. <laughs> I say oh, to myself. I remember why I remembered to talk about the rain. We got a ton of rain on the eastern side of the state, but I remembered the rain because you got drenched on, was it Friday evening that you sent me the picture of you standing in the rain all by yourself underneath the tent? <laughs> yes. So... My weekend was extremely long. First of all, all Friday evening, I was getting downpoured on because it was downpouring on the Sertoma Duck Race Festival, and uh -huh. we had a booth for young Republicans there. And I had set that booth up and was there by myself for most of that evening. Then I was joined by somebody else in my misery a little bit later. And then the next day, it was sunny all day. We were there. Um, I was there at like 9.30 a.m. and left at like 10 p.m., Holy and smokes. Worked the whole time. Um, went home, packed up a blanket, came to the station so I could get a couple hours of sleep before waking up because I was on call for severe weather and stayed up mm. all night. So I basically worked and was awake because who sleeps on the floor of the radio station? Nobody can actually sleep on the floor <laughs> of the radio station. And um, basically worked like however many hours straight that is, was awake for way too long. Came home on Sunday, missed every Father's Day plan I had on Sunday, cried a little bit because I was miserable, oh um, was uh, cursing Don Luzader's name out of the side <laughs> of my mouth for making me come in overnight <laughs> and um, slept all day Sunday. And now I'm here. So well, that was more of an answer than I expected. <laughs> yep, I, I feel very passionately about how much I hated my weekend. Well, I guess I could talk about how I also was up all night Saturday night, but I won't. 
side note, he uh, didn't actually have to do that, but he was nice enough to do some um, social media posts for me. And I was thinking uh, to myself, Dawn, if you're going to stay up anyways, why don't you come in and I can go home and sleep? <laughs> How was that festival thingy you did, though? Was it successful on Saturday it when the weather was nice better? It was very nice on Saturday. I was just there for okay. way too long. I just, okay. I was literally crying. Ask Tyler. I was like, in tears from exhaustion as I was driving to the radio station at like however whatever hour at night after working twelve hours in the sun, I was like, "This is the worst." You need it gets. to get more people to work I your miserable. Uh, booths there. I want yeah yeah. Where's your I volunteers? Do. Where you are my volunteers? volunteers? That is a great yeah. volunteers. <clears throat> Everybody likes You're to complain here? about everything. Nobody likes to lend a hand. So, yeah, we need more volunteers for everything. We for everything do need we do. more volunteers. Especially in southwest Missouri, where everything's usually something good to I am for. with child. I should not be working these hours. <laughs> <laughs> this is not well, good for the baby. <laughs> well, next year you'll be able to celebrate. Tyler will be able to celebrate a Father's Day next year, hopefully. Hopefully it'll be hopefully, a little more peaceful. I felt so bad And Mother's Day. And, and all those Day. days. We celebrated. Yes. I bought him a nice to-go takeout steak. Yesterday, okay. that was my well, good. Uh, Father's Day present. <laughs> well, good, well, good. Don, how you doing this morning? How was all the severe weather over the weekend? Did yeah? Uh, did we get? Did we? Uh, did we um, take care of some of these drought concerns? Do you think? Did we get enough moisture? Well, it was moving through so quick that we didn't get tons of rain. But I tell you what, uh, we did get uh, over in the Tulsa area. There was a report of a 100 mile an hour wind gust uh, late ah. Saturday night. And those storms were really bad as they moved through northeast Oklahoma. I'm seeing pictures of lots of trees that were uprooted. And then they got bad uh, entering extreme southwest Missouri, too, uh, down around uh, McDonald County, uh, Pineville area. And overnight. then as they started overnight, convenient yeah, time overnight. And then as they started mm. moving to the north and east, they were still severe as they were moving through Springfield. But then right after they got through Springfield, uh, they started losing their energy, but those storms held together for a long time. But uh, it was a very um, rough weather weekend across the country. And I know Jeff from AccuWeather will get into a little bit more with us, but we had lots of tornadoes uh, across the country over the weekend. Well, we got a blessed downpour, and I mean that. We needed it over on the eastern side of the state. That Those storms rebuilt over mid-Missouri, and I know Jefferson City got slammed with lots of rain, and then the St. Louis region got a ton of rain starting around uh, three, 2 or 3 o'clock yesterday afternoon. It rained for hours. It was great. It was wonderful. I mean, it was just no, thank goodness, no hail, no, no severe winds or anything, but just lots of rain, and so... We needed that, yeah, because the earth was starting to crack. So that was good. Gave us some blessed relief. And I know that they took, um, I think they took some of the worst, the highest temperatures out of the four. It was supposed to be originally like like up into the 90s. And I think they've taken some of that. It's going to, I don't think it's going to get hot till later in the week versus early in the week. It's going to be warm this week. It's going to be in the, it's going to be in the upper 80s. But, you know, let's remember last June. Remember last June, we had 100s throughout a lot of June. It was really bad. This month has not been nearly as bad. So we'll, uh, we will start to wrap up the month because it's June 19th already. So speaking of that, June 19th is a uh, federal holiday that was instituted, I believe, last year. And I have a lot of stories about June 19th. And you're like, Tim, why do you have stories about June 19th? You're a white guy. Uh, no, a very good friend of mine, uh, Curtis Faulkner, who... Well, he was a very good friend of mine when I was in the legislature. He was very involved in politics. He's from the St. Louis region. 
uh, black guy, African-American, originally from Texas, where Juneteenth sort of emanated from. So he really wanted to get Juneteenth instituted here in Missouri. And I helped him out as much as I could when I was in the legislature. And then we worked on it a little bit afterwards. And then here we are. So I, I got to find where Curtis went to. He kind of disappeared on me. So uh, talk to him right around COVID time. And then he kind of disappeared. Uh, other big news, Joe Rogan's back in the news for daring to question all of the uh, all of the history or the lack thereof uh, as to the COVID vaccine. And I've got some nuggets. Thank goodness I we keep all the receipts. I've got some receipts from you to prove that Joe Rogan was absolutely right and should continue to question these things. All right, 547 in the a.m., as I mentioned, Tim's top three is coming up at the top of each hour, 605-705-805. Ryan Johnson, we're going to talk to him about the importance of being a dad and what Americans for Prosperity is working on in the interim before the next legislative session at 635. Virginia Cruda getting us up to speed on everything regarding Chinese provocation and what we should be concerned about there, too, at 715. And Missouri State Senator Bill Igle, candidate for governor, talk about his vision for the state. Uh, we'll catch you up on lots of sports over the weekend. Got to talk about that. The incredible U.S. Open. I uh, mean, I talk about the Cardinals so much. Uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, Cass, who do we have for the national anthem today? The U.S. Marine Band. That's fantastic. As we head towards the next holiday, which will be the Independence Day holiday, which let me talk. I'm, I'm going to complain about that, too, uh, later in the morning. Now, I love the 4th of July and Independence Day. I have a problem with, with where it shifts around on the calendar, and I'm going to talk about that later as well. So in the meantime, let's begin this morning as we begin every morning here at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO, the land of the free because of the brave, with our national anthem. and talk. It is the strongest border security bill this country has ever passed. That matters to Springfield. The southern border has been abolished and millions of Americans. Someone do something about it. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Sweet as candy. 
was a meeting that nobody thought was going to necessarily happen. At least it wasn't confirmed. It wasn't even uh, publicized until 45 minutes before this meeting started, before the two leaders shook hands. That's according to the Washington Post. They also wrote that the discussion, it lasted about 35 minutes, during which time the Chinese leader acknowledged that the two sides had candid and in-depth conversation and acknowledged common understanding. It appears that any talk regarding any more contentious topics uh, may have happened away from cameras. And welcome back to 93.3 AM 560 KWTO, 553 in the AM. So <clears throat> I'm trying to remember if we talked about this because, yeah, it was a really long weekend. I had, I had a great weekend. It was very, very busy, though. We had um, we kind of wrapped up the uh, the two-month-long journey through all things celebratory in the Jones home. <laughs> We've had <clears> – <throat> so every year – we have a ton of birthdays and holiday celebrations because of the way the calendar falls. And so it all starts with, you know, some things that happen every year that are always built in. Well, Easter is usually late March, early April. And then we dive right into celebrating birthdays and such. My, my, well, we have Mother's Day, right? Usually Mother's Day, Mother's Day is first. My daughter's, my daughter, younger daughter, Abby's birthday is May 20th. So the bookends are kind of like, Mother's Day and Abby's birthday and then Katie's birthday, which is June 15th. Well, this year, we then, of course, add, well, in our, our anniversary, which I've already talked about, of course, always gets overlooked. <laughs> it's June 8th. And and then this year, we had two major graduations. So my daughter graduating eighth grade, heading to high school next year, and then my older daughter uh, graduating, col- or graduating high school and heading to college. So, man, if, if you've had a high schooler who graduated, you know exactly what I'm talking about, right? So if you ever had kids or grandkids in your life who've graduated high school, there's like 3,000 events around high school graduation. They're all great. I'm not complaining. They're all wonderful. It's just, wow, trying to like fit everything in was insane. It was like every day there was something happening, which was great. It was a great celebration, but are we exhausted? And then and then Katie wanted to have a... um graduation party and a lot of her friends like did them at like i don't know parks or other locations katie katie had to have her graduation party at our house and i'm like oh really i mean we can do it we we always have a big um we've had a uh we've had a big christmas party every year at our home for like i think 20 years i think the only year we missed was the covid year or maybe one other uh but we've been pretty good about that it started off by us like getting all all of us getting back to missouri from after our college years where everybody was kind of scattered and a lot of people coming back and it started with me and, you know, inviting my, my old high school friends uh, to our house. And it just, it kind of took off. So we've kept it going. We've added a lot of people. Some people don't make it anymore. A lot of new people do. So we have parties at the house. Not that we can't handle it. It's just a lot of work. It's just a lot of work. We're not getting any younger. Uh, so I, I, we complained about it. Both Suzanne and I did, but we went ahead and did it for Katie, of course, because she's our oldest daughter and we love her and we love the younger daughter too, Abby. So we do it. You do it for your kids. And, you know, in retrospect, yes, it was a ton of work, but in retrospect, I'm really glad we did it. I'm really glad we did it. It was, uh, it was, it was great. And then, so then we had all these other things too. And we had some momentous birthdays as well. So Suzanne's father turned 80 a week or two ago. And her mother, uh, my mother-in-law, wanted to have a big party for him. Thankfully, not at anybody's house, which is great. We went to a restaurant and we made the mess there and then paid the bill and left. It was wonderful. So uh, uh, Mike, my father-in-law, uh, he served in Vietnam. He was in the Air Force. He flew F-4s and he's just an amazing guy. And they had about 30 of their closest friends and family there. 
And we had a great time. And Mike got up and talked about, it was, it was really neat what he did. He got up and gave a little blurb about everybody, every couple, every person in the room. Of course, the kids and the grandkids got a lot of attention. And that was really, really wonderful. That was cool. And then Suzanne's sister and brother-in-law, who we haven't seen in forever, they live in Cleveland. They live near Cleveland. Uh, so we, we ate, we ate really early, right? You know, older folks do. And, uh, and then we were like, well, it's pretty early. So why don't y'all come back to our house? And so then, you know, a couple of adult beverages later, all of a sudden it was 11 o'clock at night and whew, yeah, Saturday night was late, but it was fun because we watched the U S open. And I want to talk to Don, Don's uh, skating around some of the other studios right now. The U S open was really fantastic. Number one, even though it was out in La La land out in LA, I thought the course was fantastic, and it was cool because being two hours behind us, we got to watch golf in primetime, which was really fun. It was on Saturday night in primetime, and it was it finished up last night in primetime, so it was really awesome. Randy Tolbert, Dr. Randy Tolbert just posted something that he's confused about on Twitter. I'll have to get to that in a second. Maybe I'll do it part of, of part of Tim's top three, so that's coming up just right around the bend. We got a fantastic show for all y'all here today. Tim's top three coming up next at 6.05, the AccuWeather update around 6.20. And Ryan Johnson of Americans for Prosperity. What's Americans for Prosperity doing in the interim? We'll find out next here at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. If you like to save money, have we got some deals for you. Some fun for your family. A friend's night out. A treat for yourself. Visit ShopOzarks.com for a delicious way to spend a day with gift certificates up to 50% off. From doggy-style hot dogs, retro metro, storming crabs, and many more local businesses, up to 50... One, you better be there. Fox Across America with Jimmy Fallon. Join me weeknights from 9 to midnight on KWTO. It's time for Team's Top 3. Ha-ha, Tiny Timmy! Well, hope you all had a happy Dad's Day. Happy Father's Day to all the dads out there. We had a fantastic Dad's Day indeed. As the GOP tweeted out yesterday, and I couldn't agree with them more than ever, dads are needed now more than ever. Happy Father's Day from the GOP. Happy Father's Day for me to all the dads out there. Hope you celebrate dads. We're going to talk about dads a lot this morning to kind of wrap up the Father's Day weekend. How about we do number two? And it is now another holiday, back-to-back, Juneteenth. Happy Juneteenth to all y'all. Juneteenth is a federal holiday now in the United States of America, commemorating the emancipation of enslaved African Americans, deriving its name from combining June 19th. It is celebrated on the anniversary of the order by Major General Gordon Granger, proclaiming freedom for enslaved people in Texas on June 19th, 1865 also called Juneteenth National Independence Day. Some things are closed today. Some things are open. We're here. So give you a, uh, so we all tell you a happy Juneteenth. And how about we do number three? I don't know if you noticed, uh, this was late Friday. So many of you have already been, may have been already taking what a lot of people do during the summertime. That's a three-day holiday weekend. Late on Friday, Joe Biden was in Connecticut Delivering a speech on gun control because we got to take the guns away from everyone. Yeah, folks, I think more and more of you are questioning why is why is the government so obsessed with taking everyone's guns away who are law-abiding Americans? Yeah, I think you know the answer to that. At the end of this speech, Joe Biden wraps it up. He's in Connecticut. The speech is on gun control. Yeah, God save the queen, man. He literally said that. 
That's and that's where Joe Biden's head is these days on a Monday, June 19th, 2023. That's Tim's top three at 6.09 a.m. in the Heartland. I.O. Silver! Away! Don't ever do that again. Sorry. Welcome back. Good morning, all y'all. It's Monday, June 19th, 2023. It's 6.09 in the a.m. Congressman Billy Long up early this morning. Uh, he says, my buddy Ron Jester spent his Father's Day chasing down loose houseboats on Table Rock and reattaching them. Scott Fitzpatrick, yep, that's Scott Fitzpatrick, our state auditor, formerly our state treasurer, formerly our House budget chairman, formerly a colleague of mine. Uh, Scott Fitzpatrick's father, Mike, owns a boat rescue and dock service business, and Ron works for him, jobs nobody thinks about. Yeah, apparently, Don, the... The storms, and we also got an email over the weekend on da, 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 Saturday. Uh, Saturday, we got an email from our good friend Ethan Forhats of Convoy of Hope. The storm, apparently, the further south you were over the weekend, the worse the weather was, and that was definitely a true. I think in our listening area, but definitely points south into Texas, and I think maybe Oklahoma. Had horrible storms, Don, didn't they, over the weekend? Yeah, they did. <clears throat> they had tornadoes down there. And then, of course, now uh, they're also uh, down in Texas anyway, suffering from extreme heat to go with everything. Uh, but uh, Convoy of Hope is uh, responding to both Texas and Florida after storms hit in both of those states. The, they're responding with essential relief supplies, food, water, hygiene kits. Uh, they're going to the community of Perrytown, Texas where a powerful tornado hit a mobile home park. And that same storm system caused problems in the Florida panhandle. So Convoy is responding with relief supplies to the area of Pensacola, where flooding is the major issue down around Pensacola. So the reason we speak about Convoy of Hope so much is because they're from here. They're from here in Springfield. Convoy of Hope, you can go to convoyofhope.org, convoyofhope.org. They are a homegrown international charity we here in springfield should be oh so proud of them and that's why we have them on frequently if you go to their website right now as don mentioned you'll see that they you what, what's great what Con- convoy of hope makes it really easy so you go to their website convoyhope.org and you can see exactly immediately what it is they're working on now they're working on a lot of things or literal i i wasn't i'm not being facetious they're they're international they're working around the globe for real <clears throat> so but they also of course work right here And they don't forget about the United States of America, you know, right? So there's two giant buttons you can press when you hit their website, the Texas tornado response and the Pensacola. Oh, man, I didn't realize Pensacola got hit again. Oh, man, that was like, what, four or five years ago? Uh, So there was no there was no hurricane per se, but there was a lot of storms and a lot of flooding. So Texas, Pensacola, Florida, those are the two most recent. And then if you scroll down, you'll see how they're assisting in Ukraine. They're assisting in Sudan. They're assisting in Kenya. And so, you know, sometimes we're, sometimes we get blinders on, you know, and we focus on our problems, our own personal problems in our backyard. And then I think if you kind of pan back sometimes and look at what's going on around the globe, you can be like, okay, I have it pretty good here in uh, Springfield, Missouri. Maybe I can help others. So one way you can do that is convoyofhope.org. So we're going to, we, I reached out to Ethan. He's really busy. And I'm going to see if we can get him on, if if not if nothing else, then by phone over the next couple of days or so, to give us a personal update on what that he would is be good seeing and witnessing.
Um, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, what was I going to say? I was trying to find out about Juneteenth here, back to Juneteenth, if uh, exactly what's closed today, because I've gotten conflicting reports on what's closed and what's open. Like I'm actually working on that the, right now. I think the stock market is open today, but all of my friends in the financial industry are playing golf this morning because they're all off. So I don't know how that works, but um, I think the stock market's open. So it says uh, the stock market remained open during the inaugural Juneteenth federal holiday in 2021, because this is actually the third year of June 19th being a federal holiday. Wall Street acknowledges the holiday this year with NASDAQ confirming last month that the stock market ah. will be closed to observe Juneteenth today. Okay. Uh, and the New yes. York Stock Exchange will not be open for regular trading either. Okay. Uh, state recognition of the holiday, state recognition of the holiday varies, but at least 28 states and the District of Columbia will legally recognize Juneteenth as a public holiday this year, according to a Pew Research Center analysis. That means that many Americans will have the day off and some gyms, why would gyms be closed? Gyms, stores, restaurants, and other businesses may be shuttered or operate with reduced hours. Um, da, 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 da. So what you're going to need to do, folks, is be, if, if you got plans to visit any public places today, check to see if they're open or closed today because it is tech. And I like with a lot of holidays, this one will probably gain steam as the years go on and eventually become uh, more recognized. And, you know, it's not just Juneteenth. There's other holidays that kind of get funky like this, you know. Um, you know, of course, you have the big holidays, but like, <clears throat> you know, there's like, for instance, in Missouri here, like there's there's Lincoln's uh, like president's day which was which should be washington's birthday again uh it was washington's birthday when i was a kid growing up and then lincoln's birthday and all that those are federal holidays as well but they're not celebrated as widely as like you know pretty much everyone shuts down on memorial day independence day so on and so forth with the exception of all the people that have to keep the world running like police fire ems hospital workers and uh you know those in the service industry. My problem with the Independence Day holiday, as, as we wrap up this holiday discussion, is, you know, I understand, of course, it needs to be on the 4th of July, uh, Independence Day, right? The problem is, I feel like Independence Day gets short shrift when it, because it's a floating holiday, and by that, you know, it, like this year, this year, Independence Day is on a Tuesday. So like, for instance, my wife, Suzanne, she works for a major corporate employer in St. Louis. They're not getting Monday off and they're not getting Wednesday off. So she's like, and the whole thing with Independence Day is the fireworks at night, right? So it's like, how are we supposed to do this when I got to get up and go to work? This? <laughs> so right. not off on Monday, not off on Wednesday. And a lot of us have to experience that. I, can we put it on a Monday or a Friday? Can we just do that? You know, I mean, have like a. They kind of do that sometimes with, um, oh, what am I thinking of? With, uh, with Mardi Gras, right? Like there's like the big Mardi Gras parade they always have, uh, around the country, like on the weekends. And then there's the one that they always do during the middle of the week. So, you know, we could have two, we could celebrate Independence Day twice. I think it's worthy of yeah. that. I think so we should have. You're saying yeah. that we should have the first Monday in <laughs> July be the Independence Day holiday. Or, 
maybe the first Friday, Don. I think that would be better because we do things at night. You know what I mean? For the 4th of July. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So maybe like the first Friday so people in don't July. people have to work the next day. Correct. Yes. Because what happens is we end up celebrating Independence Day twice anyway. For instance, my friends have a uh, little lake house up in Jefferson County. Just a little lake. It's not Lake of the Ozarks. It's a little lake. It's a little 40-acre lake. It's called Lake Tishomingo. Been going there since I was a kid. Uh, and so this year, they will have their big celebration on Saturday. And we will shoot off fireworks, and there's going to be a huge display. And it's going to be on Saturday, July the 1st. So I'm saying, why don't we just make it the first Friday or Saturday? Have that be the have that be the official celebration. And then we can always celebrate the 4th of July, too. And if they want to give us a day off for that, then that's fine. That's what I'm saying. So... I think I just solved all the problems. Just like, Super that Bowl, one done. just like Super Bowl Monday should be a national holiday as oh, well. See what I, I mean? I totally agree with that. Yes, exactly. All right, we're going to get to a break here. Bill Degger is in today for Jeff. That's right, Jeff's out today. Uh, Bill Degger will be in next from AccuWeather to talk to us about Monday's forecast and the week ahead, right after we return after Don Luzader's Traffic You Need to Know, 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Looking pretty good across the Springfield metro area. Watch out for some fog out there, especially in those valleys and low-lying areas this morning. Also want to let you know that the eastbound I-44 on and off ramps and Mulroy Road are now open. That's as of uh, 2 p.m. this past Friday. Uh, contractor crews have completed the south end of the Dogbone Interchange. So the eastbound ramp... Doesn't lead. Joe Biden doesn't have a plan. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. Just a young gun. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Nice throw. How's the weather today? How's the weather this week? It's certainly going to be summer-like weather as we actually uh, have the arrival of summer officially this week. Bill from AccuWeather joining us, sitting in for Jeff this morning. And um, I guess by the end of the week, it's probably going to feel like summer, isn't it, Bill? Absolutely, yeah. We're looking at these temperatures creeping up a little bit each day. Now, the 76 we had yesterday, that did not feel like summer, but the 88 we have tomorrow, the uh, 92 and 91 we have next weekend, that will feel like summer. So, yeah, we'll be uh, feeling uh, like the new season here in a couple of days. Yeah, and I tell you what, uh, it was quite the uh, the volatile weekend. I mean, we had some severe <laughs> weather here in the Ozarks, and we were following the severe storms over in Tulsa uh, with uh, one wind gust measured at 100 miles per hour. We had uh, yeah. damaging winds as those storms entered southwest Missouri. Now, once they got to about Springfield, they started to fizzle out, but it was quite the volatile weekend in our country when it comes to tornadoes and uh, such. It it really was, and I saw a note in Oklahoma that it's the uh, biggest power restoration effort they've had since an ice storm in 2007, so they really got uh, hammered with those winds of 80 to 100 miles per hour, like you said, across the northern, northeastern part of the state, so they're still picking up uh, the pieces from that. And, uh, you know, the good news is we can put the rain gear away. We won't have to worry about any storms here the next few days. I think our next chance of rain is Friday. Maybe the next chance of a thunderstorm is uh, Saturday night or Sunday. So 
a good weather to get outside. Uh, just remember to stay hydrated as we start to warm back up here. Yeah, Bill, and uh, we're really approaching that time of the year, aren't we? Because uh, we're getting close to when you start talking late June, early July, we start getting those temperatures up around 90 degrees. And then the heat and uh, the humidity uh, really mm-hmm. makes it uh, what it is this time of the year. And I guess, uh, you know, we, we do maybe have some 90s in our sights this, uh, later in the week. We do, yeah. And uh, speaking of that humidity, uh, it does stay sort of elevated the next few days. The better part of the week probably gets higher next weekend when we get close to that 90-degree mark. It's not that real thick summertime humidity, though, where we're talking about the dew points where they get above 70. That's when you really feel it out there, sort of hanging out in the neighborhood of 60, give or take a few degrees for the next few days. So certainly could be a hotter, more humid stretches of weather, and perhaps we get a taste of that this weekend. But, uh, yeah, the humidity, not uh, too big of a concern, thankfully. We'll knock on wood and hope oh, that yeah. lasts a little bit longer. Well, no kidding, because we were just talking uh, before you came on this morning about last June and how we were having, you know, temperatures mm-hmm. up close to 100 and uh, and yeah. humid weather and, and just really dangerous stifling heat. Overall, we've been pretty lucky this June. As far as uh, the the, the uh, weather chances that you mentioned, as far as getting some uh, rain or storms, probably I guess there's no really good signal for anything major coming up over the next week, though, right? I don't think so, yeah. I think the severe weather kind of takes a break here in the plains and the Mississippi Valley for the better part of the next few days, and that's just because of that ridge of high pressure building in and warming those temperatures up. It also puts a lid on those rain chances, kind of shifts it off to the south and east of us, uh, closer to Georgia, the Carolinas, and Florida. Uh, that ridge uh, probably gives way to, to a, a trough of low pressure by the time we get back into uh, later next weekend, early the following week. And not to say it won't be hot, it will, but uh, we could get some frontal boundaries down into the area and help spark some more showers and storms by then. Well, we'll continue to uh, check in with uh, AccuWeather each morning to uh, keep us updated on those. In the meantime, Bill, it's going to be nice for some people who did not have a very good Father's Day weekend because of the weather to uh, have some more tranquil weather to uh, to clean up with, uh, to you know, to try to rebuild this week. Yeah, so maybe maybe we'll observe Father's Day on, on Saturday coming up here. Sunny, dry, and a high of 92. Get that out to a pool then. There you go. That would be a great idea. Bill, thank you so much. <laughs> Appreciate you. All right, thank you. All right, have a good one. Oh, very good. Bill from AccuWeather there. More details available for you throughout the entire day, AccuWeather.com. You can also always tune in to here to 93.3 AM 560 or check out our website, 93.3 KWTO.com. The, um, <clears throat> there, Joe Biden, as I mentioned earlier, had a very bizarre appearance. You know what, though? Is that a is that a double entendre? You know, is that like a is that oxymoronic for me to say that Joe Biden always has bizarre, uh, bizarre appearances now? Well, he had another one, and this was on <clears throat> Friday afternoon. Many of you may have missed this as you were heading into the Father's Day weekend because he was wrapping up a speech in Connecticut. Cass, can you uh, can you pull this clip I sent you that I messaged you on Twitter? Party done. I sent you this this little eight second clip. Okay, so. Before we play this for you, I want you to know the context. And then maybe you can explain to me what in the world Joe Biden is talking about, because this time he finally did it. Not even the White House White House uh, press briefing flax of Corinne Jean-Pierre or her sidekick, who was referenced in a article here that came out on Sunday afternoon. I guess Corinne Jean-Pierre was out for the weekend. 
Uh, let me see if I can find the name of the other of the other uh, talking head, the other bobblehead up there at the White House. Uh, let's see here. This was da, 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 Olivia Dalton. Okay. I don't know who she is. None of you do either. She's the White House's principal deputy press secretary. So she was asked about this. Joe Biden is in Connecticut on Friday afternoon. He's making bizarre statements about the Second Amendment like he always does. And I'll tell you that. Oh, you know what? I'll tell you that statement now. So here. So Joe Biden's in Connecticut. He's delivering a speech on gun control. And this is not the wackiest thing he said. This is pretty wacky, but here's this is pretty wacky, but it's not the wackiest thing he said. He said during the actual prepared remarks. Which I wonder who prepared this remark or if this was also off prompter, he said in American cities, you'll, quote, see a truck pull up, pull to the curb and selling weapons, selling guns, selling AR-15s. So randomly in any city on any given day at any given moment, some dude in a pickup truck will pull up and just start selling AR-15s out the back. Said nobody ever because nobody's ever experienced that because it doesn't happen. What is he talking about? Then. After giving this bizarre speech on gun control, Joe Biden wraps up that speech by saying this at the very end. All right. God save the queen, man. (laughs) Maybe it's because you're a moron. Maybe that's the problem. All right. God save the queen, man. What? What is he talking what in the okay stop stop it just stop it 25th amendment but the problem is then we get queen kamala that's the only reason why joe biden hasn't been 25th amendmented out of office is because kamala harris is sitting in the vice presidential palace that's the only reason god say uh does anyone tell him that um queen elizabeth passed away last year she didn't pass away last week she didn't pass away two days ago she passed away last year, he, and he's in Connecticut. This is the guy running the country, air quotes, with his finger on the nuclear button. They don't let him anywhere near that thing, I'll bet you. I bet you that nuclear football is about as far away from Joe Biden, as it, which leads you to question who is running the White House because it ain't that guy. All right, we got to get to a break. 631 in the Heartland. When we come back, we'll talk to... One of the best dads around. Ryan Johnson. We'll talk to Ryan Johnson, commissioner of Cass County, Americans for Prosperity, Missouri, lead here in the state of Missouri. We'll talk to Ryan about the importance of Father's Day, being a dad, and what Americans for Prosperity is working on here in the interim session. All that next, 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO News. KWTO News time is 631 in Springfield this morning. We have... Clear skies, we're at 61 degrees, and we're expecting a sunny day in the Ozarks today. We're looking at a high temperature this afternoon of 86. Watch out for some dense fog out there this morning, especially in the valleys and low-lying areas here in the Ozarks. All non-essential federal offices are closed on this Juneteenth holiday, and most banks are shut down. There is no mail delivery from the U.S. Postal Service, and there is no trading on Wall Street. uh, Juneteenth commemorates the end of slavery in the United States. It actually marks the day back in 1865 when the country's last 
Enslaved people in Galveston, Texas were informed that they were freed under the Emancipation Proclamation. 91-year-old man from Conway has died in a UTV crash. It happened over the weekend on private property off of Starvey Creek Road, just south of Conway. Troopers say James Burgess was killed in that incident. Uh, it happened when uh, the UTV he was riding uh, hit a rope that was tied between, between two trees. The victim was rushed to a hospital where he later died from his injuries. And millions of people flocking to Lake of the Ozarks every year for their summertime events, but it's what happens on the water that gives many a thrill on... 9 to 11 weekday mornings. That's really where they want to go. On 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. I bring a unique combination of, yes, somebody who is an outsider who's had success in business, but with a deep understanding of the Constitution and statutory authority to do it. If I may say this, I think I'm the presidential candidate in the last 30 years who has the best understanding of the legal basis to actually shut down the administrative state. Yeah, there's a great dad right there, Vivek Ramaswamy, who's running for president. Let's talk to another fantastic dad next. Ryan Johnson at Ryan Johnson Mo on Twitter. Keeping taxes low is my number one priority, Tim. It's your money. You earned it. You should keep it. Our health department taking a page from the left, you know, letting no crisis go unused. Stop bellyaching and go win elections. The extent that we've had fraud in our electoral process and irregularities, which we clearly have, uh, they need to be talked about. They need to be debated. They need to be exposed, quite frankly. Come after me. I'm a man. I'm 40. As he frequently does on Monday mornings to get us help help get us kicked off, Ryan Johnson joins us once again. Ryan is a commissioner up in the county of Cass. He's also one of the leads over at Americans for Prosperity Missouri. You can find him at Ryan Johnson Mo on Twitter. Ryan, good morning to you. Hope you had a fantastic Father's Day this weekend. Hey, good morning, Tim. I hope you had the same. We did. Absolutely indeed. Ryan, would you uh you know, let's. I want to talk to you about. You want to give, give us your reflections on what's so important about dads? What's so important about fathers? What's so important about having father figures in your life? What does that mean to you? What does that mean mean to you as the father of several fantastic kids? Oh wow! What a great question, um, and thank you for asking it. Um, man, what? <laughs> I don't know that there's anything more important than the, than the family. I mean, the family is the, the basic, most fundamental, the nuclear family is the basic, most fundamental building block of society. Uh, it's where we learn how to interact with other people. It's where we learn how to communicate, where we learn responsibility, where we learn accountability, where we learn love. Uh, uh, you know, being a fatherhood, being a father you know, is the is the greatest title, the singular greatest title I will ever hold, uh, no matter what else I, I ever do. And it's the greatest responsibility, and it's the thing that I should be held accountable for the most. Uh, 
you know, being a dad is a, is a, is a gift. Uh, it's a challenge. It's, uh, it's an opportunity every single day. Um, and it changes constantly. Mm-hmm. And I've got mm-hmm. a, a seven year old boy at home and I've got uh, 14 and 15 year old daughters at home. And it's, it's a lot different when they're seven versus when they're teens. So, um, you know, every new phase, and I know, you know, this just brings something else that's both challenging and rewarding. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's incredible. And, uh, the, the world needs great fathers for sure. And I know we've got a lot of them in Southwest Missouri. Absolutely. Ryan, I think you really hit on something talking about the family, the nuclear family, the traditional family, all these things that are under attack these days because, oh, we can be a more enlightened society. Well, Ryan, they've tried to make us an enlightened society, those who love more and more government for the last 70 to 80 years. Ryan, I think back to what I learned in school about Lyndon Johnson and the Great Society, which was a set of domestic programs launched by the president back in the 60s. And Ryan, it was meant to replace the nuclear family, right? And, you know, they thought, well, you know, in these in these impoverished areas of our country, these uh, single mother or single father households, well, the government can just stand in and be the other parent. Ryan, it hasn't worked out so well, has it? Uh, not at all, Tim. Not at all. Uh, as government grows, uh, freedom contracts. And when freedom contracts, uh, that something happens to the human spirit. And when that when that occurs, uh, what you see is a is a is a degradation of society, uh, dependency, uh, violence, um, crime increases. Uh, no, I mean there's there's all sorts of uh, all sorts of a bag of terribles that happen uh, when that when that begins to degrade. And you know his 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 uh, great society was a was a great failure. Uh, unfortunately, we're still dealing with many of the the same policies and the legacy of that socialist experiment, um, the Democratic Party continues to go down that go down that path, and it, it, it does not work. We, we've seen it time and time again in states where these things are, are a lot more uh, ensconced than they are in Missouri, um, and in states like California, states like New York, uh, they have gone they've really gone off the deep end, and that's why people are fleeing those kinds of states. Human freedom, human dignity, self-governance, this is the way that we need to move as a direction in the state of Missouri, in our other states, and federally. Mm-hmm. When you agree with you more. And human creativity and human innovation, that is when we see wonderful things happen. And that's why the United States of America has been the singular greatest experiment and success story in the entire history of the world. We need not lose it. We can lose it. And why it's why it's so important why every generation comes to the table, asserts themselves, and fights to maintain it and keep it and pass it on. You know, Reagan once said freedom is not passed on through the bloodline. It has to be fought for, secured, and effectively and intentionally passed on to the next generation. Can I agree with you more on that? Excellent words indeed. Well, folks, we're speaking to Ryan Johnson who is with Americans for Prosperity, Missouri, at Ryan Johnson Mo? Ryan, one of the things that I saw uh, that caught my attention uh, as I was scrolling through your Twitter feed to see what was on your mind these days is something that Americans for Prosperity is working on on the federal level. And we don't need to get too deep in the weeds on this, Ryan, because we want people to wake up here on a Monday morning. We don't want to put them back to sleep. But uh, there's a very important act 
uh, moving through, I believe, the U.S. House right now. And, you know, I, I, I know you know that uh, many great ideas are now hitting a wall in the Senate. But I think it's really important for Kevin McCarthy to continue to push these items forward. And I know that two of our favorite congressmen, uh, your congressman, in uh, that's that that section of the state, Mark Alford and our congressman here in Southwest Missouri, uh, Eric Burleson, are both uh, champions of this legislation. That would be the Reins Act, R E I N. Uh, Ryan, this has been around for a while. Um, one of its offshoots uh, was the Waters of the United States, and that thankfully was shot down uh, recently in a Supreme Court decision. But Ryan, this is something I know this this topic can be tedious and boring to a lot of people. But Ryan. This act couldn't be more important, could it? The rise of the administrative state over the last 30, 40, 50 years in our country, it's that fourth rail of government, that hidden, that, that hidden bureaucracy, that shadow government, that swamp that Donald Trump made so infamous. Right. Our elected officials only have so much power these days, right? The administrative state has gotten that big, hasn't it? President Trump did a very good job in terms of just the short characterization of it and putting it down where the chickens can eat the feed. Uh, he called it the deep state. That's my mm-hmm. that's my read on when he's when he uses those two words. But it is a it is a large, expansive bureaucracy, the administrative state. And Senator Schmidt spoke to this the other day during his maiden speech on the on the Senate floor and told us that it's his mission to dismantle the administrative state. Now, unfortunately, it only passed the House 221 to 210. But yes, uh, these this is government government permanency. Whereas elected officials, as you know, come and go uh, in Missouri due to term limits and other places just due to the natural ebb and flow, the administrative state stays. And these are your 20, 30, 40-year career bureaucrats who have a lot of power, power that often comes with criminal penalty and jail time that Congress never intended to give it. And they have real power and they exercise it. And even when, even when policymakers pass laws, it's left to the administrative state to implement those policies mm-hmm. or to refute mm-hmm. the policies. And oftentimes if they disagree with it, they will not, or they'll find creative ways to, to not implement those policies or to not push back against something that maybe the policymakers want them to. It is a real threat to freedom. A lot of people just think of it as, you know, staff and harmless and these kinds of things. It's not. And uh, I was very much pleased to see the House actually take this on. Uh, It is something that we support and we would like to see implemented. I don't give it a lot of, uh, <laughs> I don't give it a, <laughs> a, a lot of good chances <laughs> to get through the Democrats. Not this president. year. <laughs> but uh, maybe that'll change moving forward. And and maybe I'm wrong, but, but we'll never see know. when we get that. Yeah, I think it's so important that we continue to move these subjects forward and show the American people there are two different ways to run a railroad and a government. Ryan, before we let you go, uh, what is Americans for Prosperity working on here in the interim in the state of Missouri? Oh, gosh, uh, we have a lot going on. You know, I was in southwest Missouri just the other day interviewing great candidates uh, who want to run for the state house. Um uh, we are uh, in the process of getting ready for a national day of action at the end of the month here 
where we will be dialing and volunteers can come alongside us and dial into these early presidential states and talking to voters about what's important to them. Uh, we will be heading up to Iowa at the end of the, the month uh, wow. to spend a whole week knocking doors in Iowa uh, with a focus on the presidential race. So, yeah, we have a lot going on both in Missouri as well as helping our other friends around the country. Fantastic. Folks, continue to follow Ryan at Ryan Johnson Mo. He's with Americans for Prosperity, Missouri. Ryan, thanks so much for everything. Glad you had a great Father's Day weekend. Look forward to speaking with you again soon, my friend. Hey, thanks, Tim. Have a great week. You too as well. All right, 648 in the heartland. Would you like to chime in? Would you like to tell us about your experiences over the weekend regarding Father's Day or anything else? We're going to dig a little deeper into what Joe Biden was talking about. Well, I'm going to, well, I'm going to get out my Joe Biden decoder ring and try to figure out what he was talking about last Friday. And what will be happening in the week ahead? What are they turning their attention to in Congress? We'll have that all and more. And we can take your phone calls when we come back. 417-866-0933. 417-866-0933. Lots more straight ahead. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Well, we have a little bit of fog out there this morning. Watch for that in the valleys and low-lying areas. That should be burning off pretty quickly, though. We do have a non-injury crash and no specific lane information on this one yet. There's no reason for them not to work with us on this investigation. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride till I can't no more. I'm gonna take my horse through the old town road. I'm gonna ride. A year in this role, there's been a couple of things that I that has made me incredibly proud. Many things, many things that made me incredibly proud to be at that podium uh, during this historic moment. Again, this is a historic administration. I'm a historic figure, and I certainly walk in history every day. But this is also a historic-making administration because of this president. Oh, so now she's a historic figure. And boy, she's happy to tell everybody about it. That's Corinne Jean-Pierre telling you all how important she is, not because of anything she's done, but because, hey, don't you know, I'm a female. I mean, I mean, here's the thing. The left wants it both ways. They want to talk about the importance of being a female, right? A biological female, a woman. What is a woman? Matt Walsh asks everyone. Well, apparently, Corinne Jean-Pierre, when it's convenient to her, she knows what a woman is because that means it's historic, right? When it's historic, then she's proud to be a woman. But when we're talking about having biological men playing in women's sports to the point where they injure them, well, then it's not historic. And you're just saying transgender. Are are you Corinne Jean-Pierre said to a reporter last week, <clears throat> are you saying that trans kids are dangerous? How dare you? The reporter was asking her about some of these incidences where actual women, young girls, young ladies have been hurt. Go look at the viral video of the dude who wants to, pl- the latest dude who wants to play dress up and put on a girl's volleyball outfit, some like six foot whatever honking monster who then is playing volleyball on a girl's volleyball team and sets up for a spike. It, it gave this girl a concussion. It gave this young lady a Burp concussion. Mongo. Mongo hit ball hard, says this little girl. Right. This girl's not a little girl. It's a dude. 
Hi, I'm playing volleyball. Mongo hit ball hard. I mean, it's just, it's just, it's insane what we're letting happen. And so the current, so this reporter asked Corinne Jean Pierre after this incident, I think they were referring to that volleyball incident. I think they were <clears throat> amongst many. And the reporter said, aren't you concerned about the safety of young ladies, especially at the high school or collegiate level, you know, and getting hurt by biological guys while playing on their teams. And Corinne Jean-Pierre tried to turn the tables. She got all offended. She got all fake. She got all faux outraged. She was like, are you saying, are you saying that trans kids are dangerous? Yeah, I am. I am. Tim Jones is. You can, you can send all your hate mail to me. Yeah. When, 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 when dudes play in girls sports like, uh, basketball or volleyball, or any sport where there's going to be physical contact between a biological male who is becoming very, you know, th- wouldn't we all, wouldn't we all like to have our high school or college bodies back, right? When we're, when we're all like, we're working out every day, we're hitting the gym, we're, we're, you got lots of testosterone flowing in you. And then you're going to go take on a bunch of, a bunch of, uh, young ladies who are just trying to pursue their, it's bad enough in swimming where they get beat or almost beat, or even, even if they tie, even if, even if the, even if the ladies put out their best effort ever and actually beat or tie goofy Leah Thomas or whatever his name is, then Leah, Leah still wins the award because, oh, woke, you know? Yeah. Trans kids are dangerous. They are dangerous. When you've got biological men pretending to be girls playing in women's sports, giving them concussions in volleyball games. Okay. Could you imagine some freaking hulking monster? How about in basketball with all that physical contact? You know, it's just, it's just ridiculous. Cash, you played a lot of sports in high school and college, right? I mean, can you imagine having some, some testosterone fueled dude like playing against you in some team sport? I mean, it'd be scary as hell. Well, I was thinking more whenever I was, I think maybe like 13 or 14. And I was playing club volleyball. Um, my dad, if he had seen a man in women's spandex trying to play volleyball <laughs> across the court from me, and then if he had watched a man <coughs> spike a ball onto my face and broke my nose, he would have gone full gorilla dad mode and would have been just absolutely infuriated and raised hell. So... That's what I'm thinking about is the dads out there watching their daughters deal with this. Yeah, from what uh, from what you've told me about your uh, your wonderful father, uh, I completely agree with that. And I think all dads are starting to feel this way. I mean, this is insane. You know, I'm sorry if 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 we want to be if we if we want to be kind uh, to trans kids or whatever, then I'm sorry. You're going to have to have a trans kids league. You're going to have to have a league of all biological men who want to now be girls, right? Let them all play against each other. I don't know what else you can do, right? I, I, I Because it's not fair. You know, I know life, I can hear my dad now. <laughs> my dad used to say, Tim, life's not fair. Uh, however, my father would also agree, you know, you, you, you can bend the rules to the point where they break. And then that's beyond the bounds of just complaining about things not being fair. There are things, there are injustices, right? Doesn't the left always talk about justice and injustices? How is this not an injustice to all the young ladies out there 
who are trying to aspire to be the best female athletes they can be. They're working hard to be the best female athletes they can be because I'm sorry, newsflash, as the left knows, there are differences between the sexes. But, you know, hey, all hail Corinne Jean-Pierre because she's the first female, I guess, black, uh, bisexual, gay, I don't know what she is, with floppy hair that's ever been a press secretary. All hail Corinne Jean-Pierre, because she says we must bow before her. All right, we're going to get to a break here. 93.3 AM 560. Tim's Top 3 next on KWTO. With a promise, if it's breaking news, you will hear it here first, along with 24-7 weather coverage, local sports information, and traffic for your commute into work. If it's being talked about in the Ozarks, we're talking about it here. After all, it's in our name, KWTO. Keep watching the Ozark. AM560, KWTO. I never kissed a mouth that tastes like yours. It's time for Team's Top 3. Ha-ha, Tiny Timmy. Well, here's a story about a once great Missouri company, Anheuser-Busch. Yeah, folks, I hate to say it. The the company that, you know, helped build my family, my grandfather and my great uncle both used to work for the original Anheuser-Busch when it was an American-owned company run by great Americans, the Bush family. Well, they're no longer are. They're owned by AB InBev, which is some gigantic international conglomerate of I don't know. It's like Belgian and like South American moneyed interests. I don't even know. It's just this gigantic web. They own like 40 brands now, unfortunately. Well, the once mighty Missouri company of Anheuser-Busch has fallen so far that they're now going to have to pay Bud Light distributors for the actions of their own corporate creeps. Yeah, that goofball lady who said, yeah, let's use Dylan Mulvaney as a spokesman. It. What is Dylan Mulvaney? Guy? Girl? He doesn't know. Doesn't care. He's just laughing all the way to the bank. Anheuser Bush is now going to pay Bud Light distributors. I'll give you that story in just a secondo. More on it. How about we do number two? <laughs> There's more documents. There's more tapes. Congressman Andy Biggs to Newsmax last week says. More FBI documents are coming. Actually, this was on Sunday. Yeah, he was on one of the Sunday talkers. More documents are coming. The House Oversight Committee expects to receive not just the one, but more FD-1023. None of us knew what those 1023 forms were, were they? Well, now we know it's the description of how Joe Biden runs the family business. Now we know what the family business is. It's extorting foreign governments and promising them access to the United States of America. That's how the Bidens have two multi-million dollar properties on a life of public service. Ah, if only we had a media on the national level that cared. How about we now do number three? (laughs) The media was just shocked and chagrined all weekend long. They just cannot believe they thought. They thought they finally got Trump with all these indictments. Yeah, the New York City indictment, which nobody talks about. You notice how nobody talks about the New York City indictment anymore? Because they know the case is horrible. It's terrible. They're, they're, they're going after Donald Trump criminally for allegedly failing to dot all the I's and cross the T's on his 
on his uh, uh, settlement disclosure forms with, um, uh, what's her face, Stormy Daniels. Yeah. How is that a criminal case to begin with? Well, it's not. It's not. They've shoehorned a bunch of crap together and come out and, and come on on the other side with this bizarre rendition. Well, and then they've got this second case where you've got, it's total, totally politically charged theater of all these Trump-hating far leftist prosecutors who are now saying that, oh, we got it. Now we got to get Donald Trump on this this uh, this other matter in southern Florida because he kept documents. Forget about the fact that everybody's kept documents. Forget about the fact that people who have kept documents shouldn't have had them in the first place. Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden when he was a senator. But, you know, we're going to go after Donald Trump for these documents. Well, now a Harvard Harris poll says most believe that the Trump indictment is election interference. Yeah, another word for politics. Oh, that's Tim's top three, part two, here on a Monday, June 19, 2023, 7 11 a.m. in the Heartland. Hi, Silver! Away! Don't ever do that again. Sorry. <clears throat> I've got so much other stuff to get to. Um, there was a former White House deputy press secretary who was ousted uh, for threatening a reporter. Well, now that person's on the campaign team. Yeah. Democrats are horrible human beings. Welcome back to the program. It is Monday. Yeah, it's Monday, June 19th. Happy June. Happy 19th. Happy happy Juneteenth. That's what I meant to say. For those of you all celebrating it, hope you had a great Father's Day weekend as well. It's Monday, June 19th, 2023, 7 11 in the AM. I'm Tim Jones, former Speaker of your Missouri House, joined, of course, by Caspo and Anderson, our executive producer, Don Luzado, our news director. Got lots more to get to this morning. Let me tell you that real quickly. Okay. Whoop. We did Tim's top three, part two. We've now got Virginia Cruda coming up at, uh, just after our 715 break. We're going talk, talk, talk to talk to Virginia about Blinken's visit to China. Anthony Blinken goes to China and gets nothing. Probably just got owned while he was over there. I haven't seen much on the news about that trip. And I imagine it's because China once again probably turned the screws on Blinken and he likely blinked. But we'll talk to Virginia about what the details of that are just after 7.15. Tim's Top 3, Part 3, 805, and Missouri State Senator Bill Eigel, our final guest of the morning, joining us just after 8.15. But don't leave us. we got lots more show after that, including the morning dump at 8.45. Don, the U.S. Open is in the books. It was an exciting U.S. Open. It was an interesting U.S. Open and a very interesting course, a course that had never hosted a major uh, a PGA major. It had hosted some mid-am events, and I think the LPGA maybe had played there. Uh, old, old, old country club that was uh, probably in the uh, when it when it was built in the 1920s. Probably did not have much around it, and now basically the entire city of LA uh, completely surrounds the LACC. <laughs> um, interesting course, lots of uh, uh, of try. It, it 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 looked like on the first day that it wasn't going to be much of a test, and then the course struck back. And everybody just kind of remained in neutral, shifted around a little bit. And the big name leaders did not pull out a victory. We got another guy who we've probably never heard of before who walked off with the trophy. Well, you know what? Um, I, I, you know, Roy McElroy was my pick and he came awfully close, uh, to winning Boy, his first he. major since 2014. But in the end, it was Wyndham Clark. And, uh, by the way, uh, I believe, uh, I mean, he played back in the day on the, um, uh, on the web.com tour before it was okay. known as the, um, oh, what is it called now? I've completely forgotten it. What is that? It's uh, the, uh, the, the Corn Ferry tour. tour. Yes. And he played at the Price Cutter Charity Championship, I do believe, here in Springfield uh, when he played on that tour. So he won it. 
first ever major. In fact, it's only the second PGA Tour event he's won. He won earlier this season, his first PGA event, and this mm. is his first major. So congratulations to Wyndham Clark. He was very emotional after that victory yesterday, holding off guys like Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, Cam Smith, Tommy Fleetwood, Ricky Fowler, and Ricky Fowler, you know, was tied for the lead going into yesterday, but he shot a five-over round uh, on Sunday. He he had a very disappointing final round. Uh, John Rahm, Xander Shoffley, Dustin Johnson, Colin Morikawa, Brooks Kepka, all of these guys finishing behind Wyndham Clark. <clears throat> so <clears throat> I was cheering hard for Ricky Fowler because he's probably one of the most famous players to never win a major. And he was tied for the lead starting the day. And as Don, you just said, collapsed as he often does, unfortunately, on Sunday. Ricky has trouble playing on Sundays. And he shot five over yesterday <clears throat> just to prove that point. He just kept getting into trouble, could not get out. Rory McIlroy um, charged up the leaderboard uh, yesterday and was one shot back. It coming into the stretch, it was a very exciting finish. Rory was in the group ahead of Wyndham Clark, but Rory just could not get another birdie or two. Wyndham was um, <clears throat> Wyndham just kind of held his own, played par golf yesterday, had some bogeys, had some birdies, and uh, got the job done. And then Scotty Scheffler, that guy, that guy is always <laughs> in the Isn't mix. He? He's always there, <clears throat> always in the top five. And <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> I'm glad he was because, um, and I knew that. So, um, I had actually, I actually had a pretty good golf weekend. I had my best stretch of golf this weekend. Well, I shot Don the last three rounds I played. So we had a two man match mm -hmm. on Friday after I left you all that morning. I had a little That's two man right. match. You were getting set for that. We won because I played the best of the foursome. I shot an 82 and then I shot an 82 on Saturday and I shot an 80 yesterday, Don, with four birdies yesterday. Congratulations. So, That's really did very, good. Did very well. So, Don, the reason I brought all that up is not to brag on my golf skills, which I'm very, I'm very proud of them at the moment. I'll have a probably crappy weekend next weekend. <laughs> right. So you got to take these moments while you have them. So on Saturday, Don, we had this little game where you you picked a pro, and you uh, you pick whoever you want at the U.S. Open, and then you match their score with your net score because we all have handicaps, of course, because right. we're not on the tour. So. So I had to play well, and then my score got matched with, I picked Scotty Scheffler, because I'm like, you know what? Scotty always plays well on Saturdays. He always makes a run on moving day. And so my score, my net score got matched with his score, and I ended up in a four-way tie for first place. So oh, congratulations. It was a good weekend. Yeah. Yes. I'll tell you, that Scotty Scheffler is always oh, up there. he is something. <clears throat> Seven under par. I it mean, really he is. finished with a really good tournament. It's just a... Uh, just two shots behind McElroy and three shots behind Wyndham Clark. I would imagine that Scotty is probably still, is he still number one in the world? Yeah, I believe he, had a third he place is. Finish. Yeah. I would imagine with a third place finish at the U.S. Open that he probably still maintained that. Him and Rory McElroy have got to be in the top one, two, three, right? I would think. Um, yeah. You know, Ricky Fowler finished fifth, but which is great, which is awesome. I'd take that. Uh, but he just, um, he kind of collapsed. John Rahm had an awesome day yesterday and charged up the leaderboard after a couple of disappointing rounds. So anyway, hope you enjoyed the U.S. Open. If you watched it, it was pretty cool. It was it was cool watching golf in prime time because it was uh, in L.A. land. All right, we got to get to a break here. Virginia Crude is standing by from the Daily Wire to speak with us about Antony Blinken's visit to China 
Was anything accomplished or is Joe Biden continuing to lead from behind on international relations and pretty much everything else? All that, all those questions will be answered when we come back. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Well, we do have a report of a crash at James River Freeway and Highway 65. And I'm looking at uh, that interchange right now with the traffic cameras and obviously a very heavy traffic volume. But I'm not seeing that and I don't have uh, the lane information on it either. But nevertheless, uh, it is a possibility that there is still a non-injury crash being worked at James River 65. Other than that, we're looking really good around the Springfield metro area. I-44 and Mulroy Road, the eastbound on and off ramp, said exit 84, have been reopened as of 2 p.m. on Friday. Crews have completed the south end of that dog bone interconnect. Someone do something about it. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. You said recently this about President Biden. You said, I think everybody would certainly like a younger Joe Biden. You know, I think that people are concerned about an 80-year-old president, and I think that's an issue that President Biden is going to have to deal with on the campaign. So how does he deal with that question, with the age question? How does he address it? Well, I, I went on to complete that sentence that you quoted uh, to say that he can do that by continuing to talk about his successes, about the experience, about the wisdom, about the sagacity that he brings to this job, uh, and the record that he's shown to the American people by virtue of those uh, characteristics and qualities that he has. Insufferable U.S. Senator Sheldon Whitehouse praising Joe Biden and his brilliance after he closed up a uh, after he closed up remarks by uh, saying "God save the Queen" in Connecticut on Friday. Let's talk to our next guest about bumbling Joe Biden and more. And I couldn't think of anyone better to talk to. Virginia Cruda. She's with the Daily Wire now. Helped so many people make their lives better. No pressure, Virginia. Just be amazing. Right. She wants Democrats in Congress to have their cake and eat it, too. They want the policy, and then they can blame the White House if it goes south and get reelected. And so it just shows you that, that, that freedom works. And look, people vote with their feet. Ben Shapiro is a blunt and dauntless man. If you told me I had to smile or you'd shoot my grandma, I'd do it too. As she does on Monday mornings, get us kicked off. Virginia Cruda of the Daily Wire joining us once again at VA Cruda with a K on Twitter, dailywire.com. Virginia, good morning to you. Happy Monday. Virginia, before we get started on some of the news of the day, I know you always love um, on Father's Day, uh, well, any day, but especially on Father's Day, I, I know you love giving homage to your wonderful dad. Yeah, you know, it's it's weird because it's been, um, well, this is 2023, so this is uh, my sixth time around the Father's Day corner without my dad. And mm. so it's, it's, it's just a strange, a strange feeling. But it is funny. How um, now? I um, my my father in law. The more I spend time with him, the more I realize just how much like my own dad he really is, mm, and like cool. the sense of humor is very similar, and the you know frustrations with normal everyday things like there are 5,000 remote controls and 35,000 channels on TV and there's still nothing on the way that they respond to situations like that is very, very similar. 
And so, <laughs> so it's just, it's entertaining for me to watch those kinds of things. But yeah, it's, it is, it's weird because, you know, you go, you go through those days and you're, you're used to your whole life having a dad there or, you know, or my mom's dad even, um, who passed in 2020. So, you know, you, you get used to, and, and eventually these dads go, but the influence is always there. And, you know, I, I see my dad in myself in my sisters in my kids, even sometimes just depending on the situation that you're in. And so it, it's, it's nice to be able to still see that influence, even if you don't still have the person there. Absolutely. Excellent. Excellent analysis. Ex- excellent words, indeed. Uh, Virginia, some of the big international news uh, that we're seeing as yeah. we kick off the week and get back to things is Antony Blinken's visit to mm-hmm. China, meeting with meeting with the Chinese president. And I know many of us are hoping that tensions can cool and calm a little bit. But on the other hand, Virginia, I think that the communist Chinese have this administration and this America right where they want us because Joe Biden doesn't seem to be able to take on a rising China, does he? No, and you know, it's, it's interesting that the, the dueling um, narratives that came out just overnight because mm-hmm. you've got um, H.R. McMaster, who is what former national security advisor for Donald Trump talking about how U.S. relations with China are currently worse than U.S. relations with the Soviet Union were during the Cold War. Mm. So you've got that. And then you've got Blinken saying, well, we had a positive meeting and this, you know, and things are good. And, and we're talking about setting up more meetings. And, you know, I think, I think that it is, telling that when we're in a situation where you can even compare U.S. relations with China to U.S. relations with the Soviet Union during the Cold War, and instead of Joe Biden demanding to meet with uh, President Xi, we have Joe Biden sending a surrogate to meet with Chinese surrogates like this is okay and this is normal. Right. Right, Virginia. And back in the day, it was Ronald Reagan directly calling out Mikhail Gorbachev and telling him yeah. to tear down the wall. Here, it's, well, yeah, let's just kind of quietly send an envoy over, and we won't really talk about it much. And we hope that he can just kind of calm things down a little bit because we don't know what we're doing. And Joe Biden's over in Connecticut saying, God save the queen. <laughs> Okay, that made me laugh, but but in in right. part because because you know my my grandpa used to say stuff like that as a joke, like he'd be like he'd be like God save the queen and just like that that right. was what he said when he right. left the room, you know, and so I wonder if that was just kind of like a flippant. He didn't know what else to say, so it popped out. But at the same time, I don't know if you saw his comments about firearms this week and the fact that Republicans were talking about um, uh, the Republicans voted in the house to overturn his ban on pistol braces. Right. Uh Uh Now that's not going to go anywhere. We know it's not going to go anywhere because the uh, uh, Democrat Senate isn't going to pass it. 
And even if they did, Joe Biden's going to veto it, and they don't have enough to overpower that. So that's right. we know that that's we know it's going to stall. But that said, Joe Biden is out talking about pistol braces and why it's so important to ban them because if you put a brace on a pistol, it turns it into a gun and it allows you to shoot a larger caliber bullet from the like. No, none of this is how this works. <laughs> like you, you cannot change. Uh, short of retooling the barrel, you cannot change the t- the caliber of the gun. Now. That's if you right. want to be That's really, right. really generous, if you want to be really generous with Joe Biden, which, I mean, typically we don't, but if you want to be really generous about this, you could say, okay, if you put a pistol brace on, you stabilize the gun and allow for, uh, you allow for greater stabilization, which would allow you to effectively retool the barrel and increase the caliber of the firearm and still have good control because typically the larger the caliber the more the kick and you're and you, and you don't have quite as much control over over where it's going if you if you don't know what you're doing right so right. if he's saying okay the pistol brace gives you greater control. Greater control allows you to shoot a higher caliber bullet or a higher caliber gun and still maintain the kind of control you could over a long gun, for example. Maybe that's what he's trying to get at, but still, that's a lot of words that he didn't say. Yes. And it's a lot of stuff that, I mean... You've really Joe given him the benefit shoots. of the doubt here. I give I you was credit. Say, Joe, fire two blasts <laughs> through the door. Um, <laughs> what is it? Joe, fire two blasts through the door. By the shotgun. Yeah. Does not he, know this information. Chances yeah, are the also, person who wrote the speech for him might know the information, but they did not yes. give it to him in a way that he could then express it. Yep. He also said that Americans are running around in pickup trucks selling long guns out of the back of them on every street corner in in America. I mean, right. where did he get this stuff? Well, I mean, he also told us that you could, if you were in a same-sex relationship, you could get um, get married in the morning and be kicked out of, re- out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon. Right. Um, right. Now, and, and here's the, the best part. is PolitiFact rated that as mostly true. Because there are some states that don't have laws against discrimination, and they can't guarantee it's not happening. That's what PolitiFact mm. said. Mm. Like, oh my gosh. If mm. it was happening, really... don't you think we'd Try... know? Trying really hard. Virginia, thanks so much for everything. It's great to speak with you as always. We'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good. All right, there she goes. Virginia Cruda at VA Cruda. The Daily Wire, dailywire.com. When we come back, let's see, what do we got? We can take your phone calls, 417-866-0933. 417-866-0933. Our good friend Paul Hamby just sent me the Liberty Thought of the Week. I want to tell you what that is. It was a great one indeed about ever-rising and more government. After Don Luziator's local news, you need to know. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO News. KWTO News time is 731. We have some sunshine and 63 degrees in Springfield. Going to overall be a dry week. Sunny today with a high reaching 86 this afternoon. 
Lake of the Ozarks is in the national spotlight. A national poll conducted by USA Today is named the popular destination America's best lake for water sports. The lake beat out competitors such as Lake Superior, Lake Havasu, uh, Lake Tahoe, uh, Tahoe, rather, and Big Bear Lake. The executive director of the Tri-County Lodging Association says there are so many ways to enjoy the water at Lake of the Ozarks, including wakeboarding, paddleboarding, skiing, tubing, kayaking, parasailing, fishing, and, of course, swimming. An elderly man from Conway has died in a UTV crash that happened over the weekend near Conway. The Missouri State Highway Patrol says James Burgess was killed on private property on Starvey Creek Road when the vehicle hit a rope that was tied between two trees. Burgess, who was 91 years old, was rushed to a local hospital where he died. All non-essential federal offices are closed on this Juneteenth holiday and most banks are shut down. There is no mail delivery from the U.S. Postal Service and there's no trading today on Wall Street. Juneteenth commemorates the end of slavery in the United States. It marks the day back in 1865 when the country's analysis opinion. This is a crisis. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. And now I'm standing next to the President again, next to a, a collapsed bridge here. And he is here to commit to work with the, the Governor and the, the, the delegation to make sure that we get this fixed quick fast as well too. This is a president that is committed to infrastructure. Yeah, and then on top of that, uh, the, the jewel uh, kind of a uh, uh, law of the inflation uh, bill that is going to make sure that there's going to be bridges all across like this, all across the America getting rebuilt. Oh my gosh. Huh? <laughs> In infracture? Degladation, first of all, instead of delegation. <laughs> Infrastructure. Infrastructure. Oh, goodness. And he was standing next to Joe Biden. And and forget about him stumbling. Okay, I'll I'll give him, I'll give him, I'll give him a lot of room, although he shouldn't be in the U.S. Senate, period. And it's just another example. He's like the young version of Joe Biden. that He's just being used, right? He's an empty shell of a man being used. So I'll give him, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt in the words he stumbles over because he's a freaking stroke victim, right? And he's yeah. got, and he suffers from depression and everything else. But what was he talking about? So I'm like, okay, I'll let him stumble over some words, but like the whole, the paragraph doesn't make sense to me, right? He was I talking guess about the I-95 collapse, I think. <clears throat> but what did he say? Something about <laughs> how Joe Biden's about committed to building okay. more bridges. Woo, with the infrastructure uh, bill. Yeah. He was trying to say that. But when is that infrastructure bill going to start solving problems, by the way? Right? Or br- when do bridges stop collapsing after the spending of the two trillion? Mm. Yeah. You know what Joe Biden would tell me right now, Cass? He would tell me your other new favorite sounder. Hush up, boy. Me criticizing him. Hush up, boy. <laughs> yes, he would. God save the queen. <laughs> God save the queen. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Did that strike you guys as weird? Yes. Or is it just me? Am I just making fun of him? Or is that really weird for him to say, for the president of the United States, okay, I understand what Virginia's saying, right? We all we all jokingly say that, right? We don't say it as president of the United States following a speech on taking away people's Second Amendment rights. And God save the queen! 
Okay, first of all, if anything, it should be God save the king because the queen died a year ago. Okay, when we say when people say God save the queen, they're referring to the they were referring for the last, what, 70 years to the queen of England, to Queen Elizabeth. Right. She died a year ago. Yeah. So, Joe, you need to update that if you're going to use that in a funny manner. And what's funny about gun violence? Right. Is he so it makes me wonder, did he mean anything he just said? Yeah, we should take all these guns away so kids stop dying. God save the queen, man, man. I think what? some people are thinking that he may have meant to say something like, God help us, but that's not what he said. And uh, Todd Gilman is a White House correspondent for the Dallas Morning News. He covered Biden's speech, and uh, he was a part of the pool reporters, you know, who got to cover the speech. And he says he and the other pool reporters in the room did not understand the intent of the remark either. His quote is, several of you have asked me about what he might have said. <laughs> I have no idea. Other poolers, likewise, have no idea. Don, I'm really glad they didn't. They they didn't try to make something up for once. You know? Yeah, I think that he was saying it unironically because I watched his face and body language. He wasn't like yeah. laughing. He wasn't. Yeah. He didn't say it in like a joking way. Like, oh, ha ha, funny. I said, God save the queen. It was almost like he was serious. And didn't realize what he was doing or yeah. what he was saying. It's not, it's not the I, first time he said it. He actually said it back in 2017, according to someone here on uh, Twitter. Uh, he said it right after certifying Trump's election in 2017. He said, God save the queen. <laughs> another another bizarre reaction. Yes. listener. I think listener Joe hit the nail on the head. He just sent me a message. Biden's brain is definitely a collapsed bridge. <laughs> That's for sure. In need of repair. Oh, man. Oh, man. He says if, if scrambled eggs had faces, it would be Biden and Fetterman. Yeah, that's for sure. I mean, those two. And these are the leaders. These are your leaders. These are the leaders of the Democratic Party. This, this is it. This is what you got. This is what you voted for. It brings me back to my original question I asked, I think, at 545 this morning. Joe Biden is obviously no longer the master of his domain. Okay, let's just be honest. Can we just be honest about that? Who? is running the White House, right? Chris Arps, uh, I'll have to try to remember. Chris Arps brought up this point the other day. Uh, he said <clears throat> they've only had two cabinet meetings since Joe Biden became president. And if you want to fact check us on this, I believe that is 1,000% correct. So <clears throat> I do this little ticker every day. I know many of you get a kick out of it. <clears throat> um, I on my Twitter feed every morning, usually between six and seven a.m. I send out the same tweet every day, but I adjust it a little bit for the day. It is basically day eight seventy nine, America under siege. It's Monday, June nineteenth, twenty 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 three, and Joe Biden is hashtag the worst president ever. And I tag uh, our stations that I'm on. So, uh. <clears throat> In the last, I bring that up because I've been tracking Joe Biden's horrible presidency. It's been nearly 900 days. God help. God save the queen since uh, <laughs> Joe Biden became president. He's had two cabinet meetings in nearly 900 days. So how does anybody know what to do at the White House? Like when, when everybody shows up to work this morning. It's Monday morning. Well, it's June. T it's June. I'm sorry. They'll all be off today. When everybody shows up for work tomorrow morning on Tuesday, June 20th, 
And they walk into the White House, 7, I'm sure some people get there early, 6.30, 7, 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. What do they do? How do they know what to do? Who's giving the directions? Is it Valerie Jarrett, who is with the Obama administration? Is it Dr. Jill Biden? Is it Corinne Jean-Pierre? I doubt it. Is it Jen Psaki in exile? Is it uh, Rahm Emanuel? Is it David Axelrod? Is it Ron Klain, even though he's now on the campaign side? I mean, what shadow government is actually running our government? Because, folks, come on. It's not Joe Biden. It's just not. Meanwhile, over in Trump land, they're pretty happy because all the polling that keeps coming out shows that, hey, Donald Trump, Donald Trump's campaign team is like, all right. When do we get our next indictment and our next bump in the polls? You know, because that seems to be what's occurring. And ABC's Jonathan Carl yesterday was beside himself because now we're starting to get the polls that are being taken after the latest indictment. It's kind of silly. I have to say the latest indictment, isn't it? But that's true. There's two of them now. ABC's Jonathan Carl was shocked yesterday on the Sunday morning talkers by the post-Trump indict by a post-Trump indictment poll, and there'll be more, showing a statistical tie between Trump and Biden. So let me get this straight. You give Donald Trump 99.99% negative coverage. He's no longer the sitting president of the United States. And he is, and he's been indicted twice by you left-wing liberal lunatics. Meanwhile, Joe Biden is fawned over every single day by the national corrupt corporate captured media. He is sheltered and in absentia most of the time, gives very few appearances. When he does, he reads off a teleprompter and even screws that up. But the media covers for him every way from Sunday. None of the things that should be pinned on Joe Biden are having trouble sticking because nobody will cover them except for like, you know, one third of the media. And yet, and and this guy This guy who's completely propped up by the liberal intelligentsia, he's in a statistical tie. The people, the the Biden camp must be thinking, what do we have to do? What do we have to do? We've indicted him. We've impeached him twice. We've indicted him twice. We've installed our guy in the White House. We give nearly 100% negative coverage to Trump. We give nearly 100% positive coverage to Biden. And he's still in a statistical dead heat heading into 2024. Wow. That's because the Democrats' message is that bad. Everything they're doing from the woke autocracy to the dudes and girls sports to the communist racist theory to trying to dismantle America. I think people have had it. They're fed up and they're willing to even give Donald Trump a second chance over Joe Biden. Even all the Trump haters out there. All right, let's get to a break. Uh, next up, we can take your phone calls, 417-866-0933, 417-866-0933. I got to dig into this Harvard-Harris poll where most in the country say that the Trump indictment is election interference. Why do they say that? And why is Joe Rogan offering somebody $100,000 to debate on his program? Those two items next at 93.3 and 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Overall, looking pretty good around the Springfield metro area. Saw that crash showing up on the board at uh, 65 in James River Freeway. We have uh, Kansas Expressway in Sunshine. I'm looking at the traffic cameras there now at that busy intersection. And uh, traffic still pretty heavy in that area. 
but it is uh, we're not seeing any traffickers and violent criminals 93.3 and am 560 kwto you're listening to wake up springfield with former speaker of the house tim jones news director don luzader and producer cas bowen anderson on 93.3 and am 560 kwto Wall Street Journal reporting that the Justice Department has notified the PGA Tour that it is reviewing the merger over antitrust concerns. These two warring golf bodies, they've been dividing the sport over the last year, with each suing the other, only to announce a merger just last Tuesday. But now, with this review, it means any transaction that is made between the two leagues won't take effect for some time. And even before the investigation was announced, it was not expected to materialize for at least a year. That's the latest on the uh, the live PGA DP World Tour merger. So, of course, you know, we can't have nice things, you know, the, the, I didn't. I don't understand. Maybe some. Maybe some of you out there are huge live golf fans. I didn't understand the whole. I mean, look, the Saudis can buy whatever they want, and you know, you know, that's their business, right? They get to do whatever they want with their oil money, uh, and that's fine. And you know what? If I was a professional golfer and I was maybe kind of at the peak and pinnacle of my existence, and and I wasn't gonna, you know, really, you know, like, look, let's be honest. A lot of the guys who went to the live golf tour. You know, they've had their fame and fortune, but they're not Tiger Woods. You know, we're waiting for the next Tiger Woods. Uh, we still are. And a lot of these golfers, they're all they're all great in their own right. But like Dustin Johnson, he's not going to be Tiger Woods. Brooks Kepka, I think he had a chance, but he's gotten injuries now early in his career. and He's not going to be Tiger Woods. Um, who else went to live? Bryson DeChambeau, some of the others. So they're like, OK, look, I, I'm I'm at I'm probably at the peak of my golf career. I'm going to start being on the other side soon. I better take the money while I can. Phil Mickelson, you know, God bless Phil. I love Phil. I think he's a great player. He's one of my favorite players. I got to meet him once, and he's a good dude. And I think he's, an, I think he's a great American. I really do. He got in trouble a few years ago for talking about the the horrors and evils of taxation in California, where he's from. <clears throat> I think he was talking about maybe moving to Florida. Maybe he did. I can't remember. But um, the problem with is live maybe in maybe in. 50 years or 75 years, Live will have uh, history, but it doesn't. And so nobody watches Live events because it's like, okay, it's just a bunch of rich golf dudes making more money playing mediocre golf tournaments, you know? And, the, uh, you know, I, and look, I'm not, I'm not defending the PGA Tour. The PGA Tour, like everything else that's gotten big, you know, you know I, I talk a lot of politics here, but I want you to know I'm like a, multifaceted human being. I do have other interests and likes and one of them is sports. I do. I, I like sports. I don't know as much about baseball as Don or hockey as Steve Krause, but I do know a lot about golf. I like those other sports. I watch them. Um, but uh, with golf, it's, it's like, <clears throat> you know, <clears throat> the PGA tour is definitely in need of reformation like any other big thing. And I'll compare it to my political discussions, big pharma, big corporation, big, big corporate America, you know, Target, Anheuser-Busch, um, big medical complex, right? I, I often talk about the blank industrial complex, the military industrial complex, the pharmaceutical industrial complex, the, uh, the, um, the uh, hospital industrial complex, right? Anything that gets too big starts becoming a bureaucracy in and of itself and is always hum – because humans run it. 
And even when the chat GPT robots will run it someday, it's going to need reformation. Cast when we're all plugged into the matrix someday. <laughs> it's not that far off with AI, I'm telling you. <clears throat> it sure isn't. I think you're right. Uh, so the PGA Tour, though, because of its very existence, is popular, right? It's been around the longest. It's got the most fun tournaments to watch, right? And golf in general, right? I mean, you're not going to replace, you're not going to replace, like if somebody said, I'm going to make the new Augusta National and I'm going to have a Masters tournament. Well, nobody would watch it because it's not Augusta National. It's not, and it's not the Masters. Now, if somebody makes something new and it catches on and, you know, 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years from now, you know, the new, new cool things can become traditions. But I'd like, okay, maybe this is my problem with the whole live golf team golf thing it all seems manufactured you know it's like building castles in the sand you know skyscrapers in the desert kind of like what they do in the middle east (laughs) it all seems kind of manufactured it's like eh, i'm just not interested it's not you know so i think that's in my defense i've never been interested but (laughs) right you've never been interested so you're good with all of this so live so live PGA, DP, they all start suing each other over all this, right? And then they come up with a solution. Let's all just party together. Woohoo! I still don't know how that all works. But of course, our freaking U.S. government has to get involved. This is where I was going with all this. Antitrust, monopoly, blah, blah, blah. You know, can we just let the every name, name me one thing that the government has stuck its nose into that it has made better. Anything? People are going to say, well, what about the military? Uh, I love the military, but we've had a lot of military people on over the last few years and over the last few weeks. We have Dakota Wood. Dakota Wood. There you go. Dakota Wood. Lifelong lover of the military. U.S. Marine Corps retired. Paul Kurtman, another U.S. Marine. Okay. They will tell you as much as they loved the military and as awesome, still as awesome as the U.S. military is. What in the world is it doing going woke? That's a major problem. So that's the government. The government screws up everything. So yes, even the military. N- name me one thing the government has created and has run. Public-private partnerships are probably the best thing. There, there, are, th- there are things the government should. I'm not saying the government. I'm not an anarchist, okay? I love a lot of you libertarians out there. You're some of my favorite people. I'm not a complete libertarian. I do believe that government does, should. Maybe, and this is maybe where my libertarian friends will agree with me. Uh, I do agree that the government should do some things. I don't think it does anything well, though. Roads and bridges. It should do roads and bridges well, right? Why are bridges still collapsing? Why can't Pete Booty, Booty Judge keep the, uh, who called him Booty Juice last week? Oh, it was the president. Yeah, it was another one. Did you know that, Cass? He slipped up in some speech and, and, um, he was thanking Pete. Pete introduced him. And then Biden comes up to the stand. It's kind of mumbled, but Cash, you could probably find it. It's kind of mumbled, but he calls him booty juice. He calls him booty juice. He does. It's everywhere. Uh, So, you know, why are bridges still collapsing? Why do our roads still suck? Maybe it's because they're all racist roads. Maybe in honor of Juneteenth today. Did you find it? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe in honor of Juneteenth, Pete Buttigieg should, should fix all the racist roads. Well, he'll have nothing to do because there are no racist roads. All right. Why are airplanes not running on time or at all? You know, 
So the government, which should be doing things like transportation, the military, infrastructure, you know, major things, they don't do anything right. So now they're going to stick their freaking noses because they have nothing else to do in Washington, D.C. The world's going to hell in a handbasket. Things are, things are, the, 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 the inflation is still, it's, they, oh, inflation's down. You mean the inflation that you created? The historically high inflow, it's down now, it went down a couple points. It's still historically high. Ask everybody how they're feeling. Are you still having trouble making ends meet? Most Americans are, okay? Wages, I haven't talked about this much. Wages have contracted now for 15 months straight. That's Joe Biden's America. He wants to manage the decline is what he wants to do. And boy, are we in one. It is time to make America great again. I'm still long on America. I still want us to do well. But how about the government not worry about PGA Live DP World Golf Tour mergers and worry more about whether freaking China is building a spy base 90 miles from our shore? Maybe that's what they should be sticking their nose into instead. Good Lord, our priorities are so screwed up. All right, we're going to get to a break now on that happy note. Tim's Top 3, Part 3, 8805, Missouri State Center, Bill Eagle, 815 in the morning dump. Lots hey, Ian, I want you to join me for watching the Ozarks. I'll be talking to the men and women who help make the Ozarks a great place to live. These are the business leaders, politicians, educators, innovators who not only lead the Ozarks today, but are planning for the Ozarks of the future. In between all that serious talk, we'll also be having some fun with many of our local Americans. Someone do something about it. 93.3 and AM 560. KWTO. It's time for Team's Top 3. Ha-ha, Tiny Timmy. Away. One. The Department of Justice, <clears throat> excuse me, our, so, our very transparent government, the Department of Justice, rejects the GOP's request for information on FBI's Mar-a-Lago raid. Of course, because when you're in a banana republic, tin pot dictatorship, then it's just the uniparty, right? Many of many of you are saying, right, you're saying right now, we've been in a uniparty, Tim. Wake up and smell the coffee. You know, I get it. But boy, does this... Does this crew, does this crew believe that they should be the only ones running America? Merrick Garland is the most insufferable twit I've ever seen on any kind of level in any form of government. They're re, they're denying the GOP's request, so we're gonna just forget about the checks and balances apparently in the United States of America. How about we do number two? Well, thankfully this will get some headlines this week. John Durham, who. Failed to get any convictions, well, because he had to bring his cases in Washington, D.C. How are you gonna how are you gonna get a bunch of dyed in the wool Democrats, I mean leftists, just outright complete leftists, to say that anything the government has done was improper. So of course, you know, John Durham's John Durham's trials were 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 designed to fail from the very beginning, but he did issue a scathing report on Russiagate. And he's going to testify this week about Russia, Russia, Russia. John Durham will be testifying on Russiagate this week on Capitol Hill. And that will get some attention about the corruption in the FBI as they're now saying that, well, you know, Donald Trump is just denying law and order at every turn. Yeah, well, that's because we have a corrupt law enforcement uh, branch right now running the federal government. And how about we do 
number three. Two huge cases coming from the U.S. Supreme Court. The Supreme Court will be releasing decisions on the by the unconstitutional, in my opinion, and I believe the Supreme Court's going to agree with me. The unconstitutional Biden student debt bailout and affirmative action. Those are going to be two big cases that will come out before the end of this month with 11, no, with, yeah, 11 days left in June. It could be any day now. We'll speak to our legal eagle, Zach Smith, about those when they do come out. And you're going to want to know how it's going to affect you here in Springfield. And that's Tim's top three, part three. For a Monday, Juneteenth, 2023, 8, 10 a.m. in the Heartland. I.O. Silver! Away! Don't ever do that again. Sorry. I'll do it several more times this week, and you'll like it. Uh, Rand Paul, the great senator from the Commonwealth of Kentucky, has vowed to block all future Biden National Institute of Health nominees until gain-of-function documents are released. Good. Good. That's a direct link. You know, a lot of times they say, well, a lot of times what happens is they'll have some piece of legislation. This happened, you know, this happened all the time in Jefferson City. It happens all the time in Washington, D.C. Somebody will have some piece of legislation about, oh, I don't know. Let's use Pete Booty Juice's favorite thing uh, that he doesn't do anything about. Roads and bridges. Okay, so let's say there's a, let's say there's a transportation bill. And the transportation bill is moving through the Senate, the U.S. Senate. And there's a senator who he could give a rip about the transportation bill, but he does want to get something accomplished regarding, um, well, it's kind of related, regarding, a, no, it's, I was going to think of healthcare. But let, yeah, it's completely unrelated. Let's say he wants to get something done on a, on a pro-life measure, okay? So you got this transportation bill going through on roads and bridges, and you got this other senator whose priority is a pro-life bill. Well, the senator will stop the transportation bill because they're not doing anything for his pro-life legislation. And so unrelated, but yet kind of related because it's all in the Senate. This time, I'm glad to see this is directly related. So maybe the media will report on it. So Joe Biden has these National Institute of Health nominees that he wants to place in cabinet positions. And Rand Paul has said, no, 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 no. We're not doing anything regarding National Institute of Health or federal government and health until we talk about what the federal government screwed up over the last crisis, and that's with gain of function. I love that Rand Paul is a dog on a bone on this. He is going to get to the bottom of this if it freaking takes him the rest of his Senate career. I believe he will because he knows, well, we all know this, right? We just want the documents to prove it. We all know it's obvious now. That Tony, I'm not even, even going to say allegedly. Tony Fauci, where's he been, by the way? Is he sitting on a beach somewhere counting his millions? Yeah, another another multi-millionaire public servant. Where are, where are all these multi-millionaire public servant jobs? Hey, Cass, does uh, Congressman Burleson's office got one of these multi-millionaire public service jobs that I can apply for? And so I can be like Tony Fauci and Joe Biden and have two beach houses and... Jet around the, they you getting those available? I can not on our roster. I don't think so. Hmm. Just thought I'd ask. Apparently, there's a lot of them out there. <laughs> Tony Fauci, public servant, right? Is a multi-billionaire. All right, uh, don't me not go down that rabbit hole. Let me go back to Rand Paul. Let me stay, stay on point here, Tim. Just focus. So, 
<clears throat> we know, don't we, that Rand Paul was behind. Here's what the left doesn't want us, doesn't want, I shouldn't even say you. You who are listening to me, you're the educated, you're the choir, right? Thank you very much. Appreciate that so much. They don't want the public writ large, the people who don't listen to KWTO, who don't watch Newsmax or Fox, who don't read The Federalist, The Washington Examiner, The Washington Times, The National Review. They, they don't want you to – all those other people. And, you know, those people aren't bad people. Not all of them. Some of them are bad people. But, like, some people are just agnostic on politics. They just don't care. Well, they should care. They don't know what – they don't know that they should care, but they don't care. Uh, they're, they're struggling. They're trying to run their families. They're doing their small businesses. Some of them are political people who just have, don't have time. But so they don't want the public writ large to know this one. This is where I believe, this is where I believe it's all leading to. Tony Fauci is largely responsible for the COVID-19 global pandemic. <gasps> oh my God, did you just say that? Yes, and it's true, isn't it? Don't, don't you believe it's true? I know it's alleged right now. But we know that Tony Fauci was directing millions and millions of dollars to the Wuhan lab, which John Stewart said created the Wuhan coronavirus because that was their job. It was a you know what we haven't played that in a while, Cass. We may have I to love play that. that. Um, I will never we may have get to play that at eight thirty-five. Play Cass. Now that now that Rand Paul is back in the news, vowing to block all Biden as to health nominees. Let's we'll remind all of you all why we believe and why John Stewart believes that COVID-19 came from a Wuhan lab, said Wuhan lab being funded by various Tony Fauci shell corporations, ultimately funded by you, the taxpayer. That's what those are the dots. They don't want you all to put together and go, oh, for the love of God, you mean we freaking caused the entire crisis and calamity? Yeah, very likely so. Because then everybody would revolt, not not in a violent way. We would all peacefully march to the ballot boxes, and everybody would vote for anybody but these lunatics who got us here in the first place. Honestly, they would largely vote for the Republican Party. That's why they can't let you know the truth on this. All right, we'll probably play that around 835. When we come back, we're going to speak to Missouri State Senator Bill Igel. He's at Bill Igel on Twitter. He's running for governor. We'll talk to him about that, well, how that's going, and... What he's doing in the interim. All that next after Don Luzader's local traffic you need to know. 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Well, we're looking pretty good across the Springfield metro area. We have uh, no crashes to tell you about at the present time. Uh, We had a little bit of fog earlier, but that has since lifted. Also want to let you know that eastbound I-44 on and off ramps are now open at Mulroy Road. That's as of Friday. Crews have completed the south end of that dogbone interchange. Now, what is closed, though, the westbound on and off ramps remain closed. Also, the Mulroy Road Bridge over I-44 remains closed. 93.3 and AM 560. By staying silent, we are a part of the problem. KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen-Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Well, we're going to win and we're going to help. We have plans to build a railroad from the Pacific all the way across the Indian Ocean. We have plans to build in, 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 in Angola, one of the largest solar plants in the world. I can go on, but I'm not. I'm going off script. I'm going to get in trouble. 
Oh, boy. Let's talk to our next guest about that and so much more. He is Missouri State Senator Bill Eigel. He's at Bill Eigel on Twitter. He's running for governor here in the great state of Missouri. And the first thing I want to do before we get to uh, bumbling, fumbling Joe Biden and more is, Senator, to wish you a very happy Father's Day. I want everybody to know you're a very proud dad of a couple great kids like I am as well. And I know you take that role very seriously, the most important role you've probably ever had in your life, right? Yes, you bet. Good morning, Tim. Happy uh, belated Father's Day to you and all your listeners out there. And, yes, I've got uh, two kids, 17 and 19, uh, the the two best blessings in in my life. Uh, The only job I've done longer than that is is be a husband. So, uh, you know, that's uh, – it's a – it's an honor, and it's a very humbling experience. And uh, to all the great dads out there, I wish them the best. So uh, congratulations to all of them. Thank you very much for that, Senator. Truly, indeed. So, Bill, um, you know, we'll get to a bunch of state stuff here. But, Bill, I have to ask you, you, you as a guy who, who, served, who, who served in the U.S. military, you were in the Air Force, I believe, if my memory is correct, you traveled to all parts around the globe. Maybe you can answer, Bill. Um, What's with the ocean train? Is it is, is is this is this and yet another example, Bill, of just government gone wild? Or is poor Joe Biden? I mean, Bill, we're not we're not going to build an ocean train, are we? But you know what? In this day and age, Bill, I don't put anything past the federal government. <laughs> Listen, fortunately for me, I stopped looking at Washington D.C. as a place where we were going to get solutions from in the first place. So. <laughs> Uh, they're, they're in, my, in my mind, we've got to stop looking up there because we're not going to hear anything good from Joe Biden. Uh, and quite frankly, it's been a long time since anything good has come out of Washington, D.C. So uh, my focus will continue to be at the state level. Joe Biden just continues to uh, maneuver the country from one foreign policy disaster to the next. His domestic policy is a disaster. Uh, an ocean train, I don't know what he's talking about, but I've never known what Joe Biden is talking about. So we're going to keep trying to focus focus on uh, the big red things that we need to do here in the state of Missouri uh, to make sure we're protected from any more bad ideas coming from Joe Biden and his ilk up in D.C. Mm, Well stated. Senator, you know, speaking of that, one of the things that you and I have spoken about recently is the fact that, you know, Missouri's governor uh, should be just as well known as all these other governors that just roll off our tongue, right? Like, you know, we're, we're always, when we make our speeches, when you make speeches, when, when I give addresses at Lincoln Days and things, right, we're always saying, hey, we need to do like, you know, what Governor Abbott's doing in Texas and Lee in Tennessee and, of course, DeSantis in Florida and Christy Noem in South Dakota. Governor, or, 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 maybe I'm getting ahead of myself. Senator, uh, why, why, Freudian slip there, maybe. Uh, Senator, why do we know who the, Governor of the state of South Dakota is, for the love of all things, right? Well, it's because she's doing big red things, right? And people have taken note of that. We should get the same attention here in the the show-me state, shouldn't we? Yeah, we absolutely should. Tim, there is a a reckoning uh, that's overdue and is coming down for the swamp in Jefferson City. And there are reckoning. And it's a reckoning uh, that's a a response to all the abuses of – of government in Missouri from the COVID environment in the last few years. It's a reckoning for the abuses of the spending that's going on in Jefferson City. It's a reckoning for all the the growth of government, the stagnation of our economy that has been a direct result of of the swamp in Jefferson City. And you know what? Uh, The voters of this state 
uh, have elected the supermajorities of Republicans in this state to deliver that message and that reckoning to Jefferson City. But we keep failing to do that. And the reason we keep failing to deliver that reckoning and that message to the swamp in Jefferson City is because our statewide leadership continues to not only tolerate uh, the status quo and the way things are, but they're making the status quo even worse by making it bigger. You know, we have Governor Parson, unfortunately, every year he's been in there, has proposed spending bills that makes government bigger and bigger. And now it's, it's bigger than it's ever been before. And that's why when you turn on your TV at night, you're hearing about the governors in other big states that are delivering exactly that message and that reckoning to the status quo and swamps in their state. Well, that's the kind of leadership we need in our state, because once that is done, we're going to start offering the actual solutions in our state that are going to put us on par with the Texases and the Tennessees and the Floors. We're going to start cutting personal property tax. We're going to start mm-hmm. limiting regular property tax and cutting that. We're going to start defending our farmland and not allowing China or any other foreign country from buying one square inch of Missouri. We're going to start reforming our initiative petition process. We're going to start passing the big red bills like right to work. Remember right to work? Why isn't mm-hmm. Missouri mm-hmm. passing big bills? like right to work, so that we're going to be as attractive as a destination for economic opportunity as all those other big red states. We are falling behind, and Republicans have no one to blame but ourselves, because as the most recent legislative session showed, we are not doing the things that we promised we would do in campaign season. There's a reckoning coming, Tim, and in 2024, it's going to occur, and we're going to throw down the swamp and start providing the solutions that we keep promising every two years to the people of this state. Well, and you know who agrees with you, Senator? It's not just you and I here on a morning talk show in Southwest Missouri, which, by the way, loves right to work. I remember that from my legislative days, you know, being surrounded by Arkansas, Oklahoma, and Kansas, all right to work states. Southwest Missourians, I know, are sick and tired of all the factories being built on the other side of the state line roads. Senator, it's not just us, though, talking about these things. Objective Third parties uh, have said the same thing. Senator, just last week, uh, CPAC, which is the uh, political action wing of the American Conservative Union. Everybody's heard of the big CPAC events that happen every year. They do a legislative right. scorecard for every state in the country, and they do it for federal. They're very well respected. They take they, And you can look at all of their scoring and how they do it. Senator, this was their headline. Number one, I think they gave you 100% rating, so people need to take note yep. of that. Number two, <laughs> on the Missouri legislative scorecard, I want your response to this headline. CPAC releases Missouri legislative scorecard revealing strong conservatives in the House weighed down by their counterparts in the Senate. Not you, Senator Bill Igel, but Senator leadership. That's one of the other big problems. Don't you need a governor to lead? And then you need the sound of two hands clapping between the House and the Senate, don't you? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, there uh, of the, we have 24 Republican state senators in the Missouri Senate, Tim. Five of those Republican state senators got 100%. I was one of them. We're very proud of that. And I don't feel like uh, it's really just recognition that uh, I actually did what I said I was going to do uh, during campaign season. So I said I was going to support the GOP platform and conservative principles. Now we've, we've shown that we've done that. But you know what? Out of 24 Republican senators, out of 24... 16, two-thirds of them, two-thirds of the Republican caucus scored less than 70% on their score. Less than 70%, two-thirds. The lowest-ranking Republican was Lincoln Huff out of Springfield, where, where that's the core of southwest Missouri. He got a 50%. So he only acts like a Republican 
50% of the time. By the way, the average Democrat acts like a Republican about a quarter of the time. So Lincoln Huff is just barely ahead of the Democratic caucus in what he's voting for and supporting down in Jefferson City. And you wonder why we're not doing the big red things. Well, yeah, it's because there's too many Lincoln Huffs down there in Jefferson Mm -hmm. City. And, yeah, the, the leadership... Uh, has has empowered the Lincoln Huff, the most liberal members of our caucus, with incredibly powerful positions. Like Lincoln Huff is the budget chairman. We the reason we're spending so much money uh, in this state right now is primarily because of a guy like Lincoln Huff. And our governor stands by and does nothing, and actually and actually supports the growth of government. So this reckoning that I'm talking about. It is way overdue. People in this state are furious. Republicans are furious after what happened in the COVID environment. They're furious about the, the fact that, you know, when they look at their property tax bills or their personal property tax bills, they're furious. When they turn on their TVs at night and they see other states, and they know who Ron DeSantis is and Christy Nome is and Greg Abbott is, but they wonder why. Why is that happening in Missouri? This is why. Guys like Lincoln Huff, guys like Mike Parson are leading us away from the GOP platform. That's why the GOP is fracturing in the state of Missouri. If I'm the governor of the state, I'm going to bring us back together by calling on us to actually do Republican things, meaning cutting taxes, cutting spending, protecting our farmland, reforming our initiative petition process, passing right to work, doing all those things so that the people in Florida, Ron DeSantis is going to wake up and say, man, how do we be more like the show-me state? But if we don't start doing what we promised to do in campaign season, Republicans are going to get angrier and angrier. They're going to start to abandon the brand, and we are going to continue to stagnate as a state and miss our opportunity to be a leader in these United States. And, Senator, uh, last but not least, definitely, is the fact that if we don't make these changes that you just suggested, if we don't if we don't make progress here in the state of Missouri, like all the other red state governors you just mentioned, then we will reap, as Chuck Schumer might say, we will reap the whirlwind. So, Senator, these have real-world consequences, right? So because initiative petition reform failed, we now see all these horrible initiative petitions moving forward by the lunatic left. So I'm under, I understand that there's an effort to put abortion on the ballot, and it won't be it won't be as simple as that, right, Senator? It'll be all cloaked in some mysterious right. language about women's health care and reproductive justice, and they want right. to put ranked-choice voting back on the ballot, and they're going to call right. it something else as well. So, Senator, because we're not accomplishing these things, because uh, Senate Republicans uh, are not accomplishing these things, and the governor's not calling to get this done, our state's going to continue to be run by the lunatic left, right, and outside special right. interests. Right now, the governor, the uh, the leadership in both the House and the Senate are managing the government in Jefferson City from a center-left perspective. So mm. we are closer to the Democratic Party in what we pass, as as evidenced by the gigantic budget that we pass, bigger than it's ever been before, more reliant on the federal government than we've ever been before. That is precisely what is celebrated by the status quo and the swamp and gives the status quo and swamp the influence and power to keep derailing those big red ideas that they don't want to see because they don't, the swamp doesn't want reform in this state. They don't want us to do what we promised we would do in campaign season. And they're happy that the, that other powerful special interests are able to come in, manipulate our initiative petition process, get bad things put into our constitution after very dishonest public campaigns leading up to a vote and we're supposed to be as the republican party the ones that are protecting individuals 
from these things. We're not doing it because too many Republicans are simply doing something, whatever they want to do, regardless of what the impact is on policy, regardless of what they promised in campaign season. And if we don't turn that around, we're going to be in big trouble. 2024 is the year where we're going to take we're going to take a change from the swamp in the great state of Missouri. Senator, where can Southwest Missourians learn more about your campaign, your exploratory committee for governor? BillEigel.com. Go to my website. We've had 24,000 people sign up on that website that want to be a part of the message of getting the state fixed and taking our place amongst all the big red states in the country. BillEigel.com. Check it out. Sign up. Uh, get involved. We're going to be, uh, I think, in the next 60 to 90 days, we've got some big announcements and events coming up. So lots going on, and uh, we're ready to get started. Excellent indeed. Thank you, Senator Bill Agel. Congrats on uh, everything you're doing right now and continue to try to do to make Missouri great again. And we'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Tim. We'll talk soon. Absolutely. At Bill Agel on Twitter, BillEigel.com. All right, we're back with your phone calls, 417-866-0933, 417-866-0933 on anything and everything we've discussed this morning after Don Luzader's local news you need to know, 93.3 and 560 KWTO. 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO News. KWTO News time is 8.32 in Springfield. We have sunny skies today, and it's going to be a warm day in the Ozarks as we reach uh, well into the 80s this afternoon at 63 now. We're looking for a high this afternoon of 86 degrees. An 18-year-old man has been charged with second-degree murder in connection with the deadly shooting that happened last Thursday in Springfield. Peyton Lafferty is accused of shooting 22-year-old Jason Walker. Lafferty is also charged with armed criminal action. It's being held in the Greene County Jail without bond. Two teenagers from Kansas hurt in a jet ski crash over the weekend at Lake of the Ozarks. Troopers say a 15-year-old from Derby, Kansas, crashed a jet ski into the side of another one ridden by a 16-year-old from Rose Hill, Kansas. Troopers say both of those riders were seriously injured. 91-year-old man from Conway has died in a UTV crash on Saturday, Highway Patrol Trooper say James Burgess was riding on private property on Starvey Creek Road south of Conway when he hit a rope that was tied between two trees. Burgess was taken to a hospital where he died from his injuries. And fire officials in Pineville down in McDonald County say a fire near Elk River was deliberately set by a person on the river. The fire's in a heavily wooded area inaccessible to fire trucks. Authorities say it could continue to burn for several days. Missouri Department of Conservation. 3 and AM 560. Hey, that was the old regime. So who's going to go to jail for this? KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. Having Trump not only have had the codes, but now having the classified information for Americans and being able to put that out and share it in his resort with anyone and everyone who comes through should be terrifying to all Americans. Mm -hmm. And he needs to be shot. Stop. (laughs) Finally saying, finally saying (laughs) the quiet part out loud. Right, gang? (laughs) (laughs) I bet she regretted that as soon as it came out of El her mouth. El Tungo yes. Slippo. 
Who was that? That was uh, Delegate Stacy Plaskett from the Virgin Islands. Virgin Islands are lovely places, yeah, but uh, apparently not have nice people there. At least not nice delegates. Uh, welcome back to the program, 93.3 and 560 KWTO. It is Monday, June 19th, 2023, 8.38, almost 8.39 in the a.m. Hope you have a fantastic Juneteenth today if you have the day off. If not, then get back to work. Um, <clears throat> Don, I found this headline interesting in yes. the Springfield Business Journal this morning. David Freeze has declined entry into the Cardinals Hall of Fame. Did yeah, you see that? Did, did you know about that? I did not know about it until they actually sent a news release over the weekend talking about it. <laughs> and if you just read his quotes and don't know any background, it's a little strange uh, because his quote was, this is something that I'd be given an extreme amount of thought to humbly, even before the voting process began. I'm aware of the impact I had in helping bring the team great memories to the city I grew up in, including the 11th championship, but this honor means more to me. I look at who I was during my tenure, and that weighs heavily on me. Uh, he was, uh, I guess, in kind of a rough time uh, personally during that, and I think that what he's saying is he doesn't think he is worthy to be honored in that regard uh, when it comes to all the people who are in that Hall of Fame and the character of the Cardinals Hall of Fame. So really, wow. uh, it's kind of a knock on himself. Uh, he's been very open about his struggles with depression and anxiety during his oh, time really? playing for the Cardinals. Mm. Yeah, and so I think it was a time, uh, there was a time there when it was not a good time in his life, uh, and I think that he just basically is saying, and I've had to read several articles could I, could, to finally get the full picture. I think he's just saying, I don't believe I'm worthy, and I apologize to the fans and everyone who voted for me. That weighs heavily on me, but I just don't feel like I should be inducted into the Cardinals Hall of Fame. So pretty amazing. What a humble guy. Yeah, I mean, you, you don't see that humble. much anymore. No, you sure don't. And you know what? I think probably in the end, a lot of people will really end up respecting him even more for it. Because he is a World Series hero, there's no doubt about it. I mean, he... I saw the home run. <laughs> you were were you game six? <laughs> I was there. Oh my gosh! Yeah, wow. We almost had left because it was like over, like the game was over, right, Don? They were down. Oh yeah, what two or three runs in the or ninth something? inning? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of people had left, and um, I happened to be. Uh, I had really great. In fact, I think I might have been in somebody's like luxury box. I got an, I got an invite to the game. And like everybody had left, there was like me and like two other people and we're like kind of chit, chit, chat. And we're like, eh, well, better luck next year. And, and then all of a sudden we're like, all right, well, David freezes up and everybody's yelling and screaming. So let's see what happens. And he made that bomb down the, uh, I remember it like it was yesterday. I don't remember a lot of sporting moments, but I remember that because it stuck in my mind. Well, it was unbelievable. He hit a game tying triple in the ninth inning that kept the Cardinals alive. Uh, and, and I still th- have see the I'm picturing the video in my head of him getting up from third base and really you know giving it yes. a yes you know uh so he tied it in the ninth when they were down by two with down to their last out and then yes. he won it in the eleventh inning with that home yes. run yes. to center field and he was also a lot of people don't remember this he was not only the World Series MVP he was named the National League Championship Series MVP as well he was Mister October for the Cardinals oh my gosh in 2011. One of my one of my very good friends, older older fella, uh, his wife taught David Freeze back in the day at in high school. Oh wow, yeah. So they like knew the family. Yeah, yeah. He's from Don. What what's he 
doing these days? I've I'm lost track. I'm not sure. I, I know that he's gotten married, uh, but I'm not sure what exactly he's doing right now. Uh, Bill DeWitt, by the way, Cardinals president, Bill DeWitt III, saying in a statement, we're, although we're disappointed that Davis declined to be inducted into our Hall of Fame, we respect his decision and look forward to celebrating his great Cardinals career in other ways going forward. He is always welcome at Bush Stadium. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... <clears throat> So he's no longer playing ball, huh? Oh no, yeah, he's been he's been retired for I want to say maybe two or three years at least now. Yeah, uh, let's see, let's see if I can find. I want to say he went out as a Dodger, I believe. Yeah, he played. You're right. You're right. He played for the Angels, the Pirates, the Dodgers mm-hmm. after the Cardinals. Yeah. Um, 2019. Yeah, he retired after that season. Yeah, Don, this is crazy. He um, the, oh, this is interesting. He was an all-star high school player. He also he he likes to decline. He declined a college baseball scholarship from University of Missouri back in the day. Wow. Did you know that? You no, know, I did not yeah. know that. Wow. <clears throat> Needing a break from baseball, he sat out his freshman year of college before feeling a renewed urge to play the game. He transferred to St. Louis Community College Merrimack, <clears throat> a junior college in the St. Louis region, where my <clears throat> my friend's wife taught him math. Uh, he, wow. he played there one season before he went to the University of South Alabama. The Padres selected him in the ninth round of the 2006 Major League Baseball draft. The Cardinals acquired Freeze before the 2008 yeah, for season. For Jim Edmonds. They traded Jim Edmonds, I believe, <laughs> uh, <Wow>. for him. <clears throat> yeah, because people weren't happy about that, I remember, in the beginning. And then he got rid of all that stuff So um, by, by being awesome. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to see. If they've got any information on like what the heck he's doing now, Don, he finished up in 2019 mm-hmm. with the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so my goodness, three plus years ago now. Um, oh, uh, Freeze resides in Austin, Texas, and has begun uh-huh. learning to play guitar. He got <laughs> married in September 2016. He and his wife have two sons. <clears throat> so yeah, that's all I'm seeing. And you're right, Don. Uh, he said his wife, um, his wife was a social worker. Um, oh, I'm sorry. No, he credits the relationship with his wife and seeing a social worker with helping him get through depression and alcoholism. Wow. Hmm. They don't really say what else he's doing now. I guess he's just. I bet you he's maybe doing some coaching or something like that. Or yeah, who knows? Probably so. So. Wow. Wow. Well. God bless David Freeze. Thank you for the memories. That is for sure. Uh, 8.45 in the a.m. My goodness, we are like approaching our final segment of the show. It is Monday, June 19, 2023. What's next? The all-important morning dump. That's coming up next where we hand you off to Gary Nolan. Keep it right here. Go nowhere. Don luzader has got a final traffic update for you. And we're back with the morning dump at 93.3 AM 560 KWTO. Traffic from the KWTO Traffic Center. Overall, we're looking pretty good across the Springfield metro area. We have no major crashes. Illegal aliens have been released into our communities. 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. You're listening to Wake Up Springfield with former Speaker of the House Tim Jones, News Director Don Luzader, and Producer Cass Bowen Anderson on 93.3 and AM 560 KWTO. It could be on a Friday night. A pair of jeans that fit just right And the radio
It's time for the morning dump. The morning dump. The morning dump. <laughs> oh my! Why is it after? We need something that says morning delight. You know, instead of afternoon delight. Well, <laughs> Monday morning delight. Need a new song. Monday morning delight. You want to get yeah. into the uh, studio and like record yourself singing <clears throat> with a band? We could do that. Yeah, the old KW, the old KWTO. Um, it is Juneteenth today, Don, which means that all sorts of offices and things are closed today. Yes, I can tell you that our office is open today, uh, but a number of businesses uh, do have, um, you know, their employees uh, with the day off today. Uh, probably a lot of them don't, but some of them do. Uh, we can tell you for sure that all non-essential federal offices are closed today. Most banks are shut down. There's no mail delivery from the U.S. Postal Service, oh. and there is no trading on Wall Street. Juneteenth commemorates the end of slavery in the United States. It marks the day back in 1865 when the country's last enslaved people in Galveston, Texas, were informed that they were freed under the Emancipation Proclamation. See, in this day and age, um, any kind of uh, big news travels fast, but back in the day, it took a while to get word to people, uh, you know, back in the 1800s. Uh, so these were actually literally the last people uh, to be informed, and that is when they're marking this uh, this holiday. Very cool. So, if the post office is closed, yeah, to me, Tim and I protest. That's that's a legit holiday. You know what I mean? Like like when the post office closes, we should all be off. That's see, that's like my marker. Because for instance, uh-huh. retweet. So let's we see, have a President's lot of- Day, uh, <laughs> yes. Martin, Dr. Martin Luther King yes. Jr. Day. Yes. You, all of those you think we should be on. Now, now let me ask you this. Okay, Flag Day was last week. Very important holiday. Uh, I'm for shame, shame on me for not mentioning Flag Day. I forgot what we were doing that day. I think it was the 14th last week. We were just very busy and I didn't mention it. I but think we talked happy about belated, it. Happy belated Flag Day. I forgot to talk about Flag Day. But, Don, I probably forgot because... The mail gets delivered on Flag Day, so to me, to me, when the mail is not being delivered, yeah. that's a day everybody should be off. That should be just as important. If the mail is not preach, preach, they, they, preach, they deliver <laughs> the mail. Preach, what's what's preach. the saying? What's the saying? Rain, snow, snow shine, yeah. dark, uh-huh. bright. We deliver for you. <clears throat> yes, uh, Columbus Day <clears throat> as well. By the way, <clears throat> yep. So those are all Maybe federal. Those should be on the line. The, we should just like Memorial Day. We should be off today. I agree. We should that. celebrate Juneteenth. We should be celebrating Juneteenth right now. <laughs> Tim and I are upset so looking at our manager, Don. I, I tell you what, uh, I'll let you guys uh, bring that one up. <laughs> uh, I would like to say happy Juneteenth to my good friend, uh, David. David. Yeah, he's such a good friend. I can't remember his name. Daniel. <laughs> Daniel Cameron. Daniel Cameron is the first black attorney general of the Commonwealth of Kentucky. And he's got a great tweet out right now that I'm going to retweet. I will tag our station so you can all see it. Uh, Daniel Cameron is running for governor in the Commonwealth of Kentucky, which I think is fantastic. And although the Democrats had several decades, like many, many decades to elect a black Democrat, they never chose to because, see, the Democrats really don't care much about black people or any people. They just use people as political pawns. Republicans are going to elevate my, in my opinion, Daniel Cameron, I think he's going to make it to governor. He's going to be the first black governor of the Commonwealth of Kentucky, a southern state, right? A slave state. Daniel Cameron is going to be the freaking 
governor. I believe he will. I believe he's going to beat old white guy, Andy Bashir, Democrat. And I am so excited. Um, I say he's my really good friend. I've met him several times. He may not remember me from hole in the wall. However, his best friend is Jonathan Shell, who I do know extremely well, knows me. I texted him congratulations recently, and he texted me back just to prove the point. Uh, Jonathan Shell is also running statewide in Kentucky this year. Jonathan is running for ag commissioner. They elect their ag. Com- I wish we elected our ag commissioner. Uh, that's an important position. Uh, Jonathan Shell is running for ag commissioner, and he is seriously very close with Daniel Cameron. This is the next wave. This is the next generation of Kentuckians who are going to be running the Commonwealth. And I'm very proud that I know them and am friends with some of them because next to Missouri, I love Kentucky. My brother, my brother lives in Kentucky. He lives in Louisville. I love going to Kentucky. I do a bourbon trail trip there every year with uh, Senator Nick Schroer. We do it as a little fundraiser. Uh, I just think it's a great state. It's got a lot going for it. And if Missouri doesn't get its act together, uh, Kentucky is going to quickly pass us in a lot of economic metrics. So, And Daniel Cameron will make that happen. So he put out a great tweet about Juneteenth, and I'm going to retweet it right now. There, I just did it. Uh, <clears throat> oh, Don, you've been talking about this too. Um, you know, we have a lot of bad news here about Missouri and how we should be doing better. And we're so poised and positioned to be doing it. One of the reasons we are so poised and positioned to be doing better is because of our incredible geography. We are, it is, we are God blessed with so many of the things that we have here in Missouri. We have plains, we have forests, we have hills, we have lakes, and we have, we have such wonderful tourism that we don't talk about enough. Um, Don, Lake of the Ozarks is in the national spotlight, not for the Ozarks show, but for right. a good reason. I'm kind of, glad that it's something besides the show ozark i mean don't get me wrong it's a good show but come on do we really have to always link uh lake of the ozarks to that show but no this is a national poll conducted by usa today and it is named uh the pop the popular destination uh, lake of the ozarks america's best lake for water sports uh the lake beat out uh lake superior lake havasu lake tahoe tahoe and big bear lake wow uh, wow, Lake Tahoe. Lake Tahoe. The executive director of the Tri-County Lodging Association says there are so many ways to enjoy the water at Lake of the Ozarks, including wakeboarding, paddleboarding, skiing, tubing, kayaking, parasailing, fishing, and swimming. So congratulations to Lake of the Ozarks. That was my whole mm-hmm. life. All of those things was my whole life growing up. I mean, we were lake people. That was our family's thing. We kept We had a boat that we took down to Hippo Rock Lake all the time, and I was wakeboarding by the time I was like five or six years old and sur- wake surfing and tubing. It was our, it was our thing. My oldest brother, mm-hmm. John, I think competed some and he, um, was really good. I mean, he would do like major tricks and stuff. That wow. was our thing. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Cool. Excellent. Although I would yeah. protest and say Table Rock Lake is much better than Lake of the Ozarks for two well, reasons. One, it's, arguable. it's prettier, it's cleaner it's 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 by branson it has silver dollar city table rock lake is by far the superior lake well i just think we're fortunate we have so many we have really two good ones here yeah and more and we're right between them here in lake of the ozarks can be kind of gross Ugh. i'll be doing some lake life uh july 1st i'll be heading to my buddy's lake uh tishamingo which is a little lake yeah Ooh. i've heard of that one yeah you've heard of tishamingo you know we used to call tishamingo don this is probably racist uh we used to say tishamingo is a native american for the healing waters oh so. The healing waters. Healing. I don't know if it means that or not. We just made that up. <laughs> uh, lake Tishomingo is a little lake. Don, I know you've heard of it because you used to be over on the southeast side of the state. 
Uh, Tishomingo is in Hillsboro, Missouri, yes. Don, which Jefferson is County. the northern end of Jefferson County. Mm-hmm. Uh, my, uh, my best friend from high school and a bunch of us, uh, used to go there. So they have had, they've had, um, a lake house at Tishomingo since like the seventies, maybe the sixties. And his parents have a larger home now. And each of the brothers bought a house down there too. And it's a delightful little lake. It's a neat little lake and it's about, it's about 40 acre lake. You can have a 50 horsepower motor on it. So, you know, it's not a huge lake, but it's very picturesque and pretty. And it's like 20 minutes from my house. Why I never bought there. I don't, I don't have to, I, I don't have time. I just don't I have too much going on to manage a lake house. Oh, but uh, you'll I like to visit the best lake house to go to is your friend's lake house. That's you know, right. then you just leave. Yeah. You know, deal it. with the mess yeah. or the upkeep. Uh, Hey, final morning dump. Uh, AT&T is taking a dump on San Francisco. They are shutting down their flagship store. Yeah, AT&T shuttering their flagship store in San Francisco. There you go, lefties. You're not going to have nice things any longer if you keep being lunatics. Hey, on that happy note, happy Juneteenth to everybody. Hope you have a great day. Hope you had a great Father's Day weekend with the dad or the father figure in your life. We'll be back tomorrow with lots more awesome content. Gary Nolan, the Gary Nolan Show is up next. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton, Dan Bongino, The Elijah Har Show, Joe Pags, Jimmy Fallon, Fox Across America, everything at 933kwto.com. Make sure you tune in, listen in, sign on throughout the day. 933 AM560. Zimmer News Network, committed to serving our local communities by providing local, accurate, reliable news you can count on as it happens. Get the latest news, weather, and traffic from our trusted news team of Brian Houseworth, Don Luzader, and John Marsh. Keeping our commitment to serving you with information you want, news you need. We are.